I like to movie movie, the podcast about movie movies. My name is Garrett Smith. Oh, fuck this movie. <laughs> My name is Dan Scully. And uh, to you, sir, I would like to say a bone tomahawk to you, sir. Oh, and a bone tomahawk to you. That is the new official yes. greeting on I like to movie <laughs> movie. That, yeah, 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 yeah. It's done. Bone tomahawk to you, sir. I'm going to say uh, that to my boss on Monday. I'm like, oh, and a bone tomahawk to you, sir. <laughs> Uh, and uh, hey, on I Like to Movie Movie, we are talking french fries as we always do. Uh, but this week, as uh, uh, after we get done talking french fries, we're going to talk about the 2006 Neil the Butte remake of The Wicker Man. Oh my goodness. We decided, uh, <laughs> listen, here on Movie Movie, we like to movie movie, but every once in a while, uh, we like to shit on movie movie? How do we want to describe well, this? Thing. I think that this is... I'm going to defend this. I mean, it is a terrible movie, but oh, yeah. I mean, it is a great way to spend a Holy couple hours. Holy shit, so did I enjoy this. In that type of way, it might have not successfully made a good movie movie, but it definitely made a movie movie. I do like the I movie mean, movie with I, this movie it's movie. It's a good movie. Yeah. It's not a good movie. No. It is not a good movie. No. In fact, it's a terrible movie, yep. and it is it is the, like, you should watch it. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. I do like it. It's And what's weird is we've all seen the supercut. Yep. Of Nick Cage, oh, oh yeah. the bees are in my mouth, and I have my mouth is open. Ah. The bees, and just you know, punching Lily so. No, he, I think he gives her a shuffle sidekick. If yes, I remember he does. My yes, he does. Terms. Uh, and he hooks a couple people uh, once while dressed as a bear. Man, he decks that one lady <laughs> uh, like at the barmaid. Oh, when she says, "You, you look worse for the wear," yeah. and he takes a long, long look at her, walks up, and then just levels her. Cut scene. Holy shit! Beautiful, but it's a. Uh, it, it is. <laughs> God it's, damn it's it. A, yeah, it's it's the weirdest movie, but it is very, very entertaining. Oh, very, very entertaining. Yeah, it's super entertaining. Uh, because it's... Uh, okay, so there, there's the, you know, there is the internet meme of... Uh, I'm calling oh, it an internet meme, That's what I was going to say. Because ahead. of that video, yes. the... Uh, that I, I thought that's what I was going to enjoy about this movie. Yes, yes. But that's actually, those parts are the things that I enjoyed least. <laughs> the movie around it is insane. It's so crazy. And it's, it's insane in, in a subdued, more subdued than uh-huh. uh, the bees, but it goes from subdued to just obtusely batshit uh-huh. in the weirdest, unex- it's going to be hard to explain, but yeah. anyway, you go for your meme. Well, I... Well, I you know, Nicolas Cage has become sort of this. This uh, uh, I think that video has a lot of a reason to do with it too. Yeah, he's he's he is a meme on the internet. He's crazy Cage, uh, crazy Cage, right? Uh, and I I I don't know. I don't. I think that dude is always giving a hundred and thirty million percent to everything that he does. That he never phones a performance in. Not once has he ever phoned a performance in. He, uh, to some extent, he always comes close in this one. I would even think that I, other actors should be rated in on like the cage gauge. Yeah, and be like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give gauge. that, I'm gonna give that thirty cages. Be <laughs> like, oh, he only gave about twenty seven cages there. <laughs> Whereas the but everyone's gate, everyone's cage gauge goes up to hundred. But yeah. Nicholas Cage, his goes up to what was the number you said? One hundred and thirty million. <laughs> yeah, he's the only person who can yeah. go up to that level. And his when cage he does, gauge he starts does. at hundred. Now, do you think he went up to that level in this? I, I mean, I think he was given it a. He was given like a half cage. Yeah. you know, like like some it, scenes a lot. Oh yeah, yeah. Other yeah. scenes, like I said, 
said, his cage gauge starts at 100. So, like, anytime someone gives a 100 on the cage gauge, that's where he starts. So even if he was giving his lowest, like, the least he so could his give this movie. level is yeah. breaking the, the cage gauge. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but just minimally breaking yeah, exactly. it. Exactly. Uh, so, yeah, he, I, I, I don't want to say he phones this in, but I, I think he comes closer than I've maybe seen him in, in worse movies. Does yeah, that make sense? Like, he's been in worse movies like and sold those insane. harder. But then there's other scenes where it's like, you just you just woke up. Yeah. But in a weird way, it does work because... I think before he's we doing that, it, though. I, well, yeah, I wonder yeah. if he's doing it because his reaction to certain things are, are weird. Like, oh. he has a nightmare within a nightmare, uh-huh. and when he snaps out of it, he just goes, God damn it! Like, <laughs> God damn it! Like, in a dad way. Oh, yeah. And uh, and there's uh, he saw something, I forget what it was, but it was perplexing, and yeah. he just goes, what? <laughs> it was the crow. It was oh, when yeah. the crow comes out of the desk. There was a crow in a desk. He opens a desk, a crow flies out, and he goes, what? Which I just peeped the mics for that, but it, um, he uh, he's got a scene where I think at some point doesn't he just go, oh come on, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> come on, what is this? Yeah. There, um, have you ever seen Deep uh, Deep Rising? I think it is no. with the squid monsters on the boat. No. Great flick. Yeah. I mean, not good, but great flick. Yeah. Treat Williams is the uh-huh. is the lead guy, and his catchphrase is, "Now what?" That's, and they, yeah. that's the last line in the movie. Spoiler, but. Uh, <laughs> It's the same kind of thing where you're like, that's not an action-packed phrase. No. But I think this movie's aware it's not an action-packed phrase, but he action-packs the shit out of these oh, dumb yeah. phrases, and he's a, his dad reaction. He just... Uh, he is giving a crazy cage performance in this. Like yeah. It's 100% there. But he's also doing... I mean, this is what he does. He's like... He is trying to unpack whatever this movie has to offer as far as what the you know the 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 character in the script uh because this script this is what you were trying to refer to I think is totally nuts. It's insane. It like so we were talking about this that it it okay so the movie is very much about gender, right? It's mm. about a guy that goes to an island of women mm-hmm. uh and those women uh you know by the end of it you find look we're going to spoil the shit out well, of this they use, Wicker they use, Man movie. I mean surprised he gets burnt in the Wicker Man. I mean that's yeah, we, if yeah. you're seeing this it's cuz you're familiar with yes, the original. Yes. Uh, which which actually hurts this movie. I know, it, it does. It, it hurts it to see the original which is a very shitty way to have a remake a hundred percent because it's like i know that it's building to that mm-hmm. that 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 has to be what's what this is I all wonder about if someone didn't know if they would be a little bit play. more on board with the mystery yeah. because in this it's it's quite literally just they're they're just telling there are literally scenes where uh there's a scene where a woman says uh where he says like do you know anything about my daughter and she says yes she will be burned and he goes what and yeah. she goes uh i said she was burned, and he's like, "Huh?" Yeah, and then she just walks away, and the scene ends. And it so it's like, if you don't know that that's what this movie's about, how would you not know? It's yeah. televising it everywhere. And he's he's a detective. He needs. Oh, to he's ask. the worst detective. <laughs> well, the he's, thing is, he's 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 a good detective to a point. Well, he knows to ask questions, but does that make him a good well, detective? He got on the island. He got yeah. in there. Like he he's got the elbow grease yeah. of the detective. I mean, he eats through through bikes. Yeah. He's just <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> but, uh, he he gets to the point where you're like, oh, here comes the information. Yeah. And it seems that any information that is asked for is pretty much given for uh-huh. this movie. And he just leaves. Yeah, he'll he just stop he asking questions do, at a certain point. You know, and he never asks questions about the things you would think you would ask a question yeah. about. Uh, at a certain point, I think he's like screaming about a doll mm. to his wife. Oh, how to get burned? Yeah. How to get burned? 
learned how to get burned. And it's like, why aren't you asking how come our daughter's body isn't in that grave? Yeah. Like, and even more so earlier when yeah. she's like, this might be your daughter. He's just like, all right. And then later she's like, she is your daughter. And he's like, I have a daughter? Yeah. Whoa, my life's different. I'm a dad now. He's a fucking idiot. That's okay. So yeah. this movie is very much about gender, right? It's got, uh, oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> that's, no, that's fine because this, that, this ties right back in. And he's this fucking dope of a man. And I feel like Nicolas Cage realized that, like mm-hmm. read this script and was like, oh, this is interesting. It is. It's. It, I wouldn't say this movie has actually anything to say about gender. Just it, that there's things. Yeah, just that gender <laughs> exists. And it's trying to, it, I think it thinks it's trying to like unpack some truth mm-hmm. about gender or or maybe not truth about gender, but some truth about like gender roles, you know, the mm-hmm. way we've established gender roles. But it doesn't like, it doesn't really like any of the characters. No. None of the characters in this are people that, that you really want to spend time, to you know, trying to figure this shit out. Right. It's just a bunch of dickheads being dumb dickheads to one yeah. another. It's it's really weird. Yeah, and he's just like the commentary on men. The shame in it. is, it probably could be reworked into a very interesting uh, tale about oh, that yeah. kind of stuff that has something to say. I don't Absolutely. know what, but I bet it could be. It, it certainly has the elements to do yeah. so. Uh, it just doesn't. And worse, worse yet, it thinks it does. I yeah. think, and yeah, that's, that's where the, it fails. Yeah, yeah. totally. Although that's a, what allows it to be a little bit hilarious, right? Mm. Is that it thinks it really has something to say. But it's fucking nonsense. It's just like not because the whole thing, like the only thing it really says about men, he's a fucking dope. Mm-hmm. He's just an idiot. He's a fucking moron. And the whole thing is they're trying to lure a man in to sacrifice. So, like, what are you proving? You found the dumbest fucking yeah. idiot you could. Well, and what's weird is what if you take it deeper into the plot? Yeah. They banished all regular thinking men and right. have just kept mentally impaired men. That's what it looks like anyway. So is it also yeah. suggesting that if a man was there, things would get straightened out? I know. There's so much conflict it's through really... those ideas that it's like, I don't know what it is. It's so strange. And, and, you and know, it's stupid. Uh, yeah, because <laughs> they're also trying to set up this idea uh, that like um, uh, uh, women were, were tired of the world of men where they were mm. suppressed all the time. And so they wanted to create... Um, a world for themselves uh, where they where where they could be in charge and wouldn't be suppressed anymore. And it's like, that's a pretty, you know, women-positive thing in its own way. But uh, it's only used through this male lens of like, and look what they did. They created this yeah. evil ancient empire worshipping demonic gods of the past. And I think that's, that's... I'm now seeing a little bit of what you were saying when we were watching the movie about how when it gets to the demonic stuff, yeah. it almost seems like... Oh, yeah, they're this kind of a tribe. Right. Because it's like, oh, I thought they were just kind of like a secessionist faction. Exactly, that, yeah. You know, they, they were, a uh, spoiler alert, they were like the village or some shit. Yes. And uh, no, no, they're, they actually really right. like to do stuff with bees and shit. Exactly. <laughs> and, and, and to your point, it's like, I mean, I knew it was going to go to that weird, yeah, fantastical yeah. place because I've seen Wicker Man, you know? Yeah. Um, but it, it, they don't, I, it, my memory of the, of, the, of the 74 Wicker Man is that these were weird, obtuse people that by the end do a weird obtuse thing. It mm. sort of lines up that it builds to the Wicker Man finale. This didn't quite line up for me that it got there from mm-hmm. the details we were given about them leading up to that, if that makes sense. That makes perfect sense. Um, uh, so it's a little unsuccessful in that. Um, well, it's Whoa. a lot unsuccessful <laughs> in a lot of regards. Uh, but uh, the thing it's most successful at... I think you at, just said the kindest words about this, this movie yeah. that I've ever been said. <laughs> Uh, it is most successful at being just highly entertaining shit. It's uh, wild. I, okay, I, the bike thing. I really want to talk about well, this. 
Just real quick, if you haven't seen The Wicker Man, that's actually a good movie. It's, yeah, I like that movie and a lot. It's, but it is, it's hokey, it's old, oh, it's yeah. a little bit weird, it's a little bit cheesy, but it does make sense, and most of the character motivations are in check, and it has mm-hmm. a, a sense about it. But the reason why any of its flaws come across as fine is because it's a little bit hokey. Yeah. So let's say you take a relatively similar concept you know mm-hmm. minus the the whole gender thing but yes. it's the same story of a guy being drawn in yep yep by trying to give it a mid-budget 2006 sheen yeah you end up holding on to the hokiness yep. but it doesn't ring as hokiness Mm-mm. it rings as low quality tone deaf weirdness yes and so then when you tack the gender thing on it and have nothing to say about it the whole thing is very very strange you know what i'm saying like it's, it's really weird it needs to be hokey. This story, I, in by trying to turn it into a mass market thriller, uh-huh. it, it's too hokey. I'm also, you like, know what I'm saying? Yeah, you know what I just realized too, just from you bringing it down like that. Like, who is this movie for? Because I it's, think it's, it's just not part really of the a horror culture. movie. No. You know what I mean? Like, I wouldn't say that's a horror movie. It's not even really a thriller. It's not that thrilling at any point. I think. It I guess it's it a is. mystery. I think it thinks it's like a thriller mystery. Yeah. But it, it it's also around 2006 of that was towards the tail end of just like all the horror movies yeah, being remade. Yeah. Yeah. And so that was just people had heard of Wicker Man. Yeah. yeah. You know there's been a, probably a criterion or something of Wicker Man. Sure, people yeah. are familiar with that imagery. So people who don't want to go see the old one and see this go, "Oh, look at that. I feel like this is, you know." Yeah. There's a lot of people out there that yeah. like the song All Summer Long by Kid Rock. Mm-hmm. And that is who <laughs> this is for cuz like that's a terrible song. I, they but sold this people, as a horror movie, did they not? They did. I think they so, did. right? Yeah, cuz I could there's enough shots of that kind of stuff that you could cut a trailer out of this that would be Oh yeah lead you to believe it was a horror movie but it, i don't it it didn't even feel like it was trying to be one to, mm. you know it never really felt like it was trying to scare me i think it was trying to be like in its own way like a seven or like a bone collector just sure. like a thriller kind of thing sure, but yeah. leaning on the yeah the this is a remake you know? kind of elements of that yeah. stuff too yeah i can I see mean, that this it's 2006 so we are st- we're also at the tail end of things t-boning from the side yeah this is right around the era where we started getting into t-boning head-on uh-huh. where you see someone sitting in the car but this is like the post uh final destination uh-huh. just oh someone's crossing the street <laughs> bus yeah because because that's really the one thrilling visual they try to use and they use it a lot. A lot. Uh, <laughs> to the point where there's a scene where he's on a boat and sees someone get hit by a truck mm-hmm. on the boat. On the boat. It's and then amazing. he has a dream about that dream he had on the boat. Yeah. And th- it happens I, again. I couldn't believe that he dreamed about a dream he had already But within dreamed. that dream, he also dreams about when he first met them. Yeah. And a truck almost hits him. Yeah. It's retarded. It's so ridiculous. It's insane. Oh, it's so funny. I get, okay, <laughs> this, this whole movie, this whole thing's gonna be I, seriously. Like, oh, it's so funny. Oh, it it so is. Funny. It's it's just like absurd. How absurd? Well, why at the very beginning he reads a uh, self help book that he apparently <laughs> shows some sort of addiction to called Everything's Okay. Yeah, and it's his book that I imagine what the program is is it's designed to make you feel like everything's okay. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And I mean that's why you would call it. Uh, what's the title? Everything's okay. Everything's okay. And. Uh, he has these books that I guess keep him grounded and remind him of the okayness of everything. And at the beginning, when he first is you know removed from his possessions at this island, he says, "Hey, do you have my everything's okay books?" And they're like, "Yeah, later." And then it never comes up again. And clearly, 
everything's not okay. I wonder, had he these books, would he have been like, wait a minute, something's up. Things aren't okay. Am I going to get Wicker Man? <laughs> Can I point out to you that you just talked for two straight minutes about <laughs> those books on tape, and all the movie actually gives it is there's a scene right in the beginning. We get introduced to Nicolas Cage. He pulls the tapes off of a bookshelf, yeah. looks at them, and goes, huh. And then it cuts away. We have no idea if he bought them or not. They seem to be totally meaningless. And then I about guess, was that like I guess maybe that was right after the accident. And no, that was months later, or that was the beginning of the movie. I think that was before. Okay, okay, right. Mm. I'm almost positive that was before the accident, even. And I guess it doesn't matter. And then <laughs> 20 minutes later, he goes, "Hey, where are my tapes? <laughs> where well, I need them?" And that's it. He doesn't even tell you uh, that they're those tapes. I didn't know what he meant by that. You had thankfully no, written that he, down. I think he says everything's okay at oh, one really? point because that's what cued me. Because <laughs> I, I was only partially paying attention to the nuances. Yeah. I, was, I didn't realize how deep this went. Yeah. But yeah, everything wasn't you, okay. Yeah, I, I wouldn't have put all that together yeah. had you not paid so close attention to that because there's literally two references to these things in the movie. <laughs> but do you remember what the book looked like? Oh yeah, it's, it's got a guy just okay, shrugging and on it. And a guy like, oh, I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's fine. <laughs> Fucking assholes. I, my, to me, one of the funniest things to me is there's a section of this movie where for some, all of a sudden he's just navigating the island via bicycle. Yes. Uh, and uh, the first time we see him, he's not even riding the bicycle. He's just walking it mm-hmm. and then literally just throws it to the side, <laughs> like like forcibly throws it to the side. There's a big loud sound effect of the bike smashing on he the ground. He almost says, fuck this bike, yeah. without, without saying, fuck this bike. And then continues a scene, and that scene goes on and on and on and on, leaving the bike on the side of the road. And at the end of the scene... A man just walks a new bike onto frame <laughs> and hands it to him. Well, that was a slightly different scene, but it was still, it was just where he ended up next. Yeah. He just got a new bike. Yep. A guy <laughs> just walked a bike on frame, handed it to him, and he rode off into the next scene. And then, uh, <laughs> he, I forget, I don't think that bike but gets it, referenced again. That does bike it? doesn't get referenced again. I think, uh, I think he just the, rides that the one. The next out. one he steals by gunpoint? Yes. The next one is just someone has a bike. Yes. A teacher lady. Yeah. And he just says, I, he grabs the bike and says, give me the bike. And she's like, mm, we're going to burn you in a wicker man yeah. tomorrow. And he's like, I'll ask you about that later. Yeah. But right now, I kind of need this bike. Yeah. And then he pulls out a gun yeah. and it's like, give me the bike. And he steals the bike. He threatens a woman <laughs> at gunpoint for a bike. And that's his third bike. They're just giving him. but yeah. They're lousy with bikes. And... Mm. Oh, oh, that made me laugh. Every time a new bike came on screen, I was like, this movie's amazing. And what's funny is it's the same fucking bike. Oh, yeah. You know, they had two bikes on set. They add a little carriage to yeah. the last one that he's still... Or maybe with. I just wasn't even looking at the first one. Yeah. And there was a carriage. We don't know. Uh, he is... Uh, I, I want to look up the original character's name. Oh, yes. Because I know that his name in this, because message is... Uh, Malus. Malus. Yep. Malus. Uh, Edward Malus. So uh, and if you're not good. picking up the message, it's because this movie is about gender. Male us. And if I can confirm that the original character's name is not Malus, then we know. Yeah. Uh, and by about gender, I mean this movie uh, references that gender exists. Do you want to know what the original uh, police officer's name in the original Wicker Man was? Lady Use. I'm not going to... Okay. Sergeant Howie. Wow. <laughs> wow. Sergeant Howie. Oh, my God. Yep. Well, uh, old Labute uh, decided he needed to imbute this uh, movie with more references to the gender thing that he was attempting to explain. I don't know what... 
Do you okay? If he's a playwright, so I know it means right. something. It has to, right? Yeah. So what do you what do you think? It's like sincerely, if you had to say that he he was like, what do you think he's trying to get out out of this? Like, what does he want us to take away from this? The only defensible opinion that I could take from it in some type of way would be. There, there is an image of crazy controlling woman. Uh-huh. There is also an image of sitcom dad, big yeah. dumb oaf. Mm-hmm. And I think it's character. I mean, the defense I would say if someone was like, "Your movie sucks," explain what it means. And this yeah. is the movie I'd be like, "Well, it's a caricature of both of those, mm-hmm. and it shows how harmful both stereotypes can be, mm-hmm. and how persistent they are because you so easily recognize them." That would be my take. Right. But I feel like I'm stretching even to get that. Yeah, totally. Because it's, it's really uneven and and. Not clear. Yeah, well, and uh, you had read to me off of uh, Rotten Tomatoes where this is sitting pretty at a 15%, baby. 15. Uh, Dan and I would like to bump that up to a hot 17. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, but uh, the, That's a really strange phrase. Uh-huh. A hot 17. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fuck. Uh, but, uh, I mean, but uh, we did. you did have a, uh, a disappointing 15. So that's... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but uh, the, the the you read a couple of reviews that referenced. I, I guess this is a thing with Neil Labute. Uh, a couple of reviewers referenced this as if uh, uh, people recognized Labute's work this way, saying that uh, this was yet another uh, uh, castration fantasy. Can, yeah, paranoid castration fantasy from yeah. Labute. Uh, and so having you having said that before watching this, I was curious. You know, I was like, oh well, I wonder if I'll read any of that on it. And I can see what they mean, right? Yeah. Because it is about this guy amongst this society of of uh, controlling women, right? But at the same time, it seems to me there's just as much a character of uh, a caricature of uh, um, uh, a dumb man who's like overly willing or or something like that. I don't exactly. Uh, I'm trying to pinpoint. Oh, it's weird. Is it? It. It seems in one type of way. It, it, it seems could to be criticize saying, men like, too without. If we, uh, like in one type of way, it's like, well, we need men for strictly utilitarian needs, but right. they're but they're dumb, and look how peaceful our society is, you know, without right. them. And they actually have a pretty good thing going. Mm-hmm. But then there's also the other angle, which is like, well, these bitches always turn into crazy killers if there's not a man keeping things in check, right? And so both of these conflicting and pretty harmful notions, yeah, are just at the center clashing, yeah, and, and there's no. There's no statement to be made outside of these are two representations of gender that are not kind. Yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, it's it's weird. Definitively, it's all like very negative representations of, of everybody, of men and women. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's what's interesting to me about it is like okay, paranoid castration fantasy. Um, but it is that's also the proper term that I was looking up. It says in both of these reviews, yeah. it, it is it is critiquing men just as much. I feel like I don't know if it oh, knows yeah. it's doing that, but that's definitely how it plays to me. I mean, he's a he's, he's a an fucking idiot. idiot. He's, <laughs> he's a, a fucking idiot. idiot. But what's weird is in in a weird way, it is a believable idiot. Yeah, he's because I've met people that are that stupid. Totally. Usually, guys, because <laughs> well, he's also he's a capable idiot, right? Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean. He he's not like such. He he is not uh, um, uh, uh, a dunce in he's not a dunce in, in, in the sense classical sense of that. You know, I think he, he got a little he got a little mileage in his uh, in his life by sheer just 
asserting his manliness. Yes, yes. You know, you do get that sense right. about Oh, because what was that line that I pointed out? He screams at some point at one of the women. He says something like, I won't, I, uh, uh, nobody's in charge of me or something. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. Or, like, or you like, can't control me. Yeah, or, yeah. No, that's the yeah, sense of that. Yeah, yeah. Right. So there is a sense of like, uh, uh, the you know, the, this, this, masculinity gone mad you know what i mean mm. this this the uh, taken to the extreme but i also don't read that on the character except in those moments where they want me to mm-hmm. does that make any sense it makes perfect sense yeah uh we were talking about that too this whole movie plays and there were a lot of movies like this in this era in like the late 90s early 2000s era where there seems to be no consideration for the larger movie it's moment to moment it's moment to moment whatever we need for this scene to work we'll just have the characters say that and we won't even attempt to justify why they're saying that with any context anywhere else there's one like one of my least favorite things in movies is when they 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 tell you something that is interesting and then they brush it off yes and like well, oh, the that example i always every use scene is in, this movie. in Jurassic uh Jurassic Park 3 yes. when the kid keeps the T-Rex away with uh no keeps the raptors away with T-Rex piss oh yeah 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 and Alan Grant's like i don't even want to he's like how did you get T-Rex piss and the kid goes you don't want to know and they leave it at that and like i i really want to know <laughs> yeah. in fact i want to know that more than most other things and this keeps happening to him yeah. in a way where it's like, you, you should really just press a little bit You're further. You're not going to ask that. one more question, motherfucker? But Jurassic Park 3, of course, I understand why they wouldn't want to explain that. Yes, so why yeah, not yeah, bring yeah, it up yeah, in yeah. the first place? I digress. Right. But in this one, it's a mystery. Oh, yeah. And he's a cop. Yeah. And so, yeah, we could say stuff about his character and that he's not smart enough to realize there's shit dangling in front of him. Yeah. But, you know, then there's also what I was saying. Like, he also got a lot of, probably got a lot of mileage out of just being forceful. Right. And that's all. The only thing he can do is be forceful, mm-hmm. but he can't get information. Yeah, he uh, uh, the 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 perfect encapsulation of this is one of the oh, the first ones. Yeah, the yeah. first things that he sees that's weird on the island is is the most dramatically weird in some way. And because he, he's looking for what? It, okay, he is looking yeah. for a lost little girl. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's a little girl. She's been kidnapped or lost or something. He knows he's looking for a little girl. Got to find her. Soon as he steps foot on the island, he sees a group of women. He's talking to them, and then two guys come up holding a sack that a is wet, bloody wi- sack. that is wiggling. Yep. And Nicolas Cage looks at the sack, kind of sideways eyed, and then looks up at the ladies, and then to the guys, and he says, "Hey, what's in the sack?" And I gave it that exaggerated delivery because he does kind of do like an exaggerated oh, like, yeah. "Hey, you guys, what do you got there?" Uh, and then he says something to the effect of, "What is it? A a shark or something?" He goes, "What is it, a shark?" <laughs> yeah. And they go, and they they don't even say anything, do they? They say, "Look inside." Oh yeah, they go look inside, and then there's this slow horror moment yep. of him slowly making his way towards the bag, and everyone kind of grinning ominously as he does so, and then just as he's about to open the bag. Nothing even really happens. They all oh, just no, it kicks. Yeah, they all just kind of jolt. You know, I, the, I guess whatever's in the bag kind of kicks, and yeah. he, he gets and he scared jumps, away, and he just jumps back, and then without and, saying, "Well, see you later." Well, here's what happens: he jumps back, and then goes, "Huh," and then continues the conversation, and then goes, "Hey, your bag's all wet." Yeah, and then uh, the camera pans <laughs> down, and it's wet with clearly with blood, with bloody water, clearly with blood. Oh. And then he goes, "Well, see you later." <laughs> Bye, guys. I gotta go be a detective. Yeah. It's ridiculous. It's like you don't. You have no more questions. No more questions about the bag or what's inside. You don't the want bag. to just take a second shot at nah. looking in the bag. Give it a look, maybe. 
It's insane. It's crazy. And that that is indicative of literally every scene in the movie. And they don't really... What's weird is they don't give any evidence that it's like a fishing village or anything like that. Like, you assume it must be. It's a bee colony. It's a bee colony. So in this bag, I mean, if it's some sort of fish, as he suggested, being a shark, why would it be? Whatever. (laughs) That's the whole thing. What else could it be? Yeah, yeah. Besides the little girl oh. you're looking, there's nothing on this island. If you're asking that me, is little girl size. If you're asking, it had me, to be her. If you're asking me, why did he ask them if it was a shark? That's not a question I even considered asking because it's so absurd that that's it's what so he absurd. would ask. And it, it's it's because <laughs> he says it kind of like a joke. Yeah, he's like, oh, what is that a shark? Like, but how uh, is that even? What what is what the world? context for that joke? There is no context. Yeah. But there's so much context for him to be like, oh, it jumped. I better look in there. It seems really agitated. Yeah. You know, the way a kidnapped girl yeah. in a bloody bag might be. Yeah. But instead, it's just, all right, guys, you should get that looked at. It's wet with blood. Yeah. And then he leaves. <laughs> it's, it's, it's insane. <laughs> what is happening? There's a moment in this movie where his phone rings. <laughs> he picks his phone up, puts it to his ear. He says, hello. No, he hears nothing. He goes, Hello? And then the disconnect sound happens. You know, the... And he goes, Ah! He screams in terror at the sound of the disconnect sound on his phone. It's batshit. Yeah. And it's still one of the more metered performances of Nicolas Cage. It is. Oh, let's talk about this. So we watched the theatrical cut of the 2006 Wicker Man. Now, you may be asking yourselves, why is there a director's cut of this movie? And my answer to you, my friends, is bees. Bees. Uh, cut from the theatrical uh, uh, release of this movie was the infamous bees scene that is so internet famous. Oh, they're in my eyes, and I'm going to keep my mouth open. Ah. Even though I'm covered in bees. And, he's and the last place I want them is my mouth and the inside of my body via my mouth. Ah! Yeah. <gasps> ah! Like, there's bees. Oh. Close your fucking mouth. Uh, so here's the thing. So that is cut from the theatrical version, yes. right? Now, uh, Dan and I were trying to figure out why. We, I guess we can maybe agree it is such an over-the-top performance. You could see maybe the filmmakers deciding, okay, let's get the scene out of the movie. And, it's and not working for wrongly. us. wrongly. Yes. They probably uh, thought 100% this agreed. is too much, which 100% is something agreed. that they should have thought in every shot that they had taken before yes. that moment. But I can understand why they'd be like, yeah, that's a little fake right. or whatever. You know? Now, Here's what you don't know if you've only seen that clip of the movie. The movie spends an inordinate, an inordinate, <laughs> an inordinate amount of time explaining that his character <laughs> has an allergy to bees. Yes. He's got an EpiPen with He's him. He's got two EpiPens with him. He gets stung by bees at some point and goes to use the EpiPen and then has some weird voodoo magic done on him by the old queen Which bee lady. Which doesn't have anything to do with anything. Oh, nothing B- at all. BT does. By the way, another question you should be asking when the old, when he when you say, hey, how did you fix me? Did you use my EpiPen? And the old lady says, no, we used the old medicine. But you're better now. Isn't that what's important? The answer is no. Can I ask you more about the old medicine? I'd I'd like to talk about whatever it is you put into my body. That's the answer to that question. Uh, But anyway, uh, so they spend a lot of time setting up the idea that he's allergic to bees. So cutting the bee scene means there's a whole bunch of screen time in this movie dedicated to an allergy of bees that will never come into the pl- never come into play in the plot line it. of this movie. Well, 
it kind of comes into play. He does get stung earlier. Because we, well, we do get the audio That's, of the B scene. That was the next oh, thing I wanted yeah, to. Well, no, please, you well. can take it. They get the audio of the B scene that plays during when we just assume it's happening during the final parade to the Wicker Man ceremony. So you just hear this stuff that has been memified, so we all know it all familiar. Yep. You could mouth it with him. But you don't see it. And so it plays two ways. One, to me, it plays as, oh, it's just the audio from that scene. But to other people, it just plays as, he's screaming some crazy shit right now. <laughs> yeah, here, okay, but I'm gonna, here's, I was thinking this as it was happening. I want to try and describe it from the, view, from the point of view of a viewer that has not seen Hasn't the seen B it. scene, has no context for this, right? So you're watching him realize that he's been duped by this, this uh, island of women, and he is going to be sacrificed somehow, right? And he's realizing that, and he's terrified, and then we just cut to a parade of these women headed toward the large wicker man Mm -hmm. to put his body inside, right? And they're carrying him in a sack. Uh, Now, so we cut directly from him realizing he's about to be a sacrifice to them marching to where they're going to sacrifice him. During the march, we just hear voiceover Mm -hmm. of Nicolas Cage going, "Ah, ah, my legs, because they break his legs at some point during that sequence. Uh, he, He screams something like, my eyes, my eyes. He's screaming. Now, why do they do this? Because eventually when they open the sack to reveal that Nicolas Cage is in this sack, he is stung to shit by bees and looks like he's been beaten up and tortured. And his so, legs are off screen, but they are presumably broken. Presumably because broken. in that voiceover is the sound of his knees being yes, snapped. Yes, That's still in there. So if you're watching this without knowing the bee scene, all you're hearing is torture. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't know it's a bee scene. You're just hearing them torture just him. Just break his legs and shit. And I would imagine going like, hey... It seems like there was a really great scene here I'm not seeing. Mm-hmm. Like, why am I not seeing this great scene? I wonder if it was cut after the fact, too, for content. I, yeah, I don't know. Because I bet this is I bet this is PG-13. I, that'll answer the question right there. Yeah, but do you think... R. I don't think there's anything that happens in that B sequence that would tip it into R. I don't understand there's the no blood in any of their ratings. I know. So I, it could be anything. But I am very curious. It was rated... I feel like there were a couple F-bombs. It was PG-13. Oh. I think there was one F, yeah. but you get one. Yep. But, uh, yeah. Mm. Yeah, I, I was, uh, I don't know, I was fascinated by the choice to, to have that happen in voiceover because it would, there's just no way that would make sense to an audience. You know what I mean? It, the, the best you could do is assume that they tortured him. Well, and actually, here's a line that just in the, the quotes of IMDb that I do remember from that supercut that we didn't get. When he's getting tortured, he yells, Bitches! Oh, you yeah. bitches! Yes, yeah. I could actually see something like that kind of bumping it up towards R. There's probably a lot in that scene that we're not considering. Yep. yep. And, and hey, uh, if there was ever a commentary that made any sense about men and women, uh, I could see him breaking down and calling them bitches being a big part of it. And so, lo- and so losing that does lose maybe some of the thread uh, of what you're trying to tell there. Uh, now, Here's the other thing, though. Because we watched the theatrical cut, we got an extra scene that you didn't get if you saw uh, the director's cut. Uh, Dan, go ahead and, and, and give a, a, a quick explanation to the, uh, the finale. I, okay, so in the theatrical cut that is not the director's cut, we lose the bees, but we do get something more wonderful. And I'm actually going to tell you, tell you uh, if you have access to the, director, to the theatrical cut and you are listening to this and you have not watched it, which I already advise against, I would actually say pause it and watch it because the surprise of who shows up and what is suggested is pretty interesting. So now that that's out of the way, 
after the credits, uh, James Franco, yes, the yes. James Franco, and his buddy are a couple of bros hanging out at a bar, and yep. they're a little upset because they thought they were going to get some strange, but it seems like there's some kind of lawyer party going on. But lo and behold, <laughs> they look off into the distance, and they see the woman who I don't know her name nor the actress. Oh, Willow. Uh, right? Willow, Willow, yeah, who yeah, is like the, the, the love the interest kind name. of uh, the uh, Willow as herself. Yeah, yeah. Um, Oh, wait, hold on. You just reminded me really quick. Yeah. Uh, there's a line in this movie where, uh, uh, so uh, his wife's name is Willow, right? Mm, uh, or his, Rose. his previous fiance. Uh. Yeah, he meets a woman named Rose, and he goes, he goes, God damn it, you're all plants. Yeah. Well, Which has double meaning. Yeah. They're actually, all plants. They're, They're all, all plants in this big plot. That's funny, and he's the mark. Yeah. <laughs> he's the malice. What's The way he says that line is great, too, because... I think it's more along the lines like, he's like, what's your name? She's like, it's Rose. And he's like, of course, everyone's plants. Oh, yeah, that is what it is. He goes, oh, of course, more plants. More plants. <laughs> ah. But anyway, after the I'm credits, sorry, yeah, James Franco, a, a character that didn't exist up until this point, this is six months later. Yes, him and his six buddy are out at a bar, and they see Willow as well as Lily Sobieski, yes. who uh, her name in the movie I think is uh, uh, Lily Sobieski. Lily Sobieski. <laughs> and they're out at the bar, and they're clearly cruising to pick up men. And as yes. we know, they're cruising to pick up men for to, their ritual. To start the next six-year plot. Ridiculously yeah. convoluted like, Think about the plot. commitment to this plot. Oh, it's insane. Yeah. Well, and here's the thing is, a normal movie wouldn't have had this scene, but it no. did. And so a normaler movie would have just cut it there. We would have been like, oh, look at that. They're on the prowl. Roll credits. Yep. Interesting. Ha ha. Let's move on. Nick Fury walks in. You know, whatever <laughs> it is. And uh, But in this one, they actually go further into having the two guys sit down, engage in weird conversation with them for a second really bizarre and uh but what's funny is it does clarify that these guys are a little bit they're bros they're a little bit yep. dumb yep and because they're kind of awkward about it like yeah. and he said i thought it was like a lawyer party tonight i'm so happy to see that some ladies yeah. are here and the ladies kind of split them up so it's just lily and franco and uh <laughs> he's he's pulling like a dave pancake he's not quite a mike, mike pancake <laughs> and he talks to her and she's like, so what are you doing uh, after this? And they suggest they're going to go fuck. Yep. She's like, oh, what do you do with your life? And he's like, oh, me, I go to the police academy. So they are enacting quite literally the exact same story. Uh -huh. It's not just that these women go pick up guys and, and just get them to the island and kind of figure it out. Right. They look specifically for lonely, horny, preferably drunk guys. Who are in the police academy? Yeah. <laughs> well, insane. okay. Here, but this is a thing that I sequel with Steve Gutenberg. <laughs> this is a thing I feel like I can kind of explain, just because okay. it, I mean it's weird, but it is interesting. I think, even though it's kind of dumb. Uh, why do they have to have cops? I think they assume that a cop is going to be more willing to come search for a missing girl. Yeah. Why does it have to be a missing girl? Because I have a feeling. Remember, at some point. Uh, uh, right when they start the ritual, uh, uh, Ellen Burstyn's character says, "Like you came here of your own volition." Well, that's the, part of the right. Yeah, that's, that's part of it, right? Original. That's so part that's of part ceremony. of the the ceremony. It's part of the ritual. So there are clearly rules to this ritual. Who's the one that lights the fire? It's his daughter. Yeah. And who is he trying to save? His daughter. Mm -hmm. Who does he think they're going to sacrifice? His daughter. So this whole plan, maybe it's part of the ritual that it has to be the daughter of the person they're going to sacrifice yeah, yeah, yeah. that begins the sacrifice. So in order to enact the whole plan, they do have to go find a man, get pregnant by that man, go back to the island and raise that child until she's of a certain age, get him back to that island. Wouldn't it make more sense, though? 
to just pick a guy who's not a cop because a, a guy looking for his daughter would oh, probably that's just true. be like, I, I will do anything and yeah. I will break the law and I yeah. will do what needs to be done to get yeah, my daughter Yeah, so why back. cops? A cop, there's a much higher chance that he'd be like, listen, uh, something's up, first off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, I don't have, I don't know if this is my daughter. I've only heard. And I'm just going to get some backup. Yeah. Or I'm going to go contact. Now, yeah, you're of course, totally he, right. He has that disgraced background at the beginning where he's kind of, not disgraced, but he's just kind of mm-hmm. like out of the police thing. But I think they'd help him if he asked. So is it an authority thing? Is it like important to them? It's not just. It's not just that this is, this a, is just a ritual a against scripted m- movie. Well, yeah, because that's probably, in the original, I know. I'm trying. I'm trying to pull that, meaning out of this in the, some way. There's none. Yeah. <laughs> in the original movie, he just gets burned and we roll credits. I'm just trying to say, like, I'm the, trying to the think. Post, like, well, the thing is that the post credit sequence obviously exists to say something. Yes. Yeah, and uh, I couldn't tell you what that is. Yeah. But it exists to say something. But I just, I think you would have better luck getting a passionate guy who wants his kid back than a cop who barely even figures out that it's his fucking kid yeah. until it's like, it's insane. I'm saying, like, from a thematic standpoint, if we had to try and pull something out oh, of it, yeah. the fact that they they that that they've gone after cops twice now that we know of makes that a theme in its own way with them in this yeah, ritual. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it's an authority thing that this is not just about you know a uh, 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 trumping over men. Yeah, they yeah, they, yeah. they add this layer of authority to that, like men in authority, you know, need to be brought down. Maybe mm-hmm. I'm just I'm I'm throwing I'm throwing like curveballs at a movie that is one huge ceremony. Why not? I yeah. mean, it, it certainly makes as much sense. Yeah, I I would actually, if I were to do a six months later scene, it would be. Uh, a young girl and a uh, and her mother sacrificing themselves in a horrible roadway accident to yeah. set off the plan from yeah. an even bigger bigger yeah. lens. Maybe the w- they were part of it. Wait, wait, wait. By the way, now that you bring it up, yes, the girl and the mom in the car that get hit by the truck that he then sees in visions throughout the movie, mm. and one of the things that's revealed over and over again in those visions is they keep disappearing from the car. Mm-hmm. Remember that. Like he keeps like repeating the vision, but then every I time he repeats from the car once, I think it happens more than once because I, I I remember going like, why does this keep happening? Why do they they seem to want me to recognize yeah, that yeah, they yeah. are disappearing from the scene halfway through it? Mm-hmm. Um, and that made me think like uh, that they were trying to indicate that maybe what we saw was like from his unreliable perspective. And that we di- he didn't even really see what he thought he saw because then the woman the woman cop says they never found bodies. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I think the them and the woman cop are in on it. Oh, the woman cop is too. Absolutely, because uh, I mean, first off, the uh, when uh, wait, how am I going to say this? When uh, when they're in the car, whether they disappear or not, yeah. the whole doll thing yeah. is a gag to get him far away from the car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that you know the whole thing could happen. Which at the same time, you know. That could have been their exit from the car. Mm-hmm. But I'm pretty sure the I, I had a good reason for the lady cop being part of it, and I forget. But, I mean, he, even so, he saw her in the bee's dream. So, you know, yeah, I think he, true. he maybe figured that out. Yeah. And she said something. I forget what it was. That was just like, oh, she's in on it, too. She's yeah. part of this. You know, maybe they have some satellite satellite right. bitches. I don't, I don't know. know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Interesting, interesting. Uh, but yeah. I, I think we can absolutely confirm that the, that the girl and the woman in the car were in on it. Oh yeah, that one hundred percent. I I don't remember what my evidence was. So oh, one hundred percent. The the point I was about to make was like they. I feel like I have no real explanation for what happened in that accident. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It was just a a 
truck ran him over. Yeah, but then it's like, did it run them over? Were they different people, or was that actually, you know? I think they probably either left the car or were sacrificed and died in the yeah. car. And it was just the plan that, their plan was basically to give him such bad nightmares <laughs> yeah. that he came to rescue their honey. Oh, yeah, that the, we, we decided at some point that, uh, uh, so like they he, you know, the, the movie opens with this car accident that happens that uh, apparently he gets injured from and then is also experiencing some like psychological trauma from, I would mm-hmm. say. Uh, and because and, they show him like taking some pills at a certain point and, and people keep asking him like how he's feeling and stuff. Uh, and then based sure on... He does have a pill thing. They he, never say what yeah. it is. Well, based on the rest of the movie, it's because he's clearly afflicted with nightmares. With nightmares. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He has he's, the nightmare. He, he's got nightmare syndrome mm. uh, where he's just afflicted with nightmares. He's got dreamsies. Yeah. <laughs> He's got a bad case of the dreamsies. Which is pretty funny. Uh, yeah, this movie I highly recommend. I highly recommend it. I, it's I actually garbage. wrote down a couple things. I wrote down two clues. These were two points uh-huh. where uh, anybody, even the dumbest idiot, would have been like, you know what? I'm leaving. Uh-huh. And um, the first was when the woman was secretive about her book labeled The Rituals of the Ancients. Uh-huh. And anytime he looked towards the book that was titled in large print on the front, the rich in English, uh-huh. the rituals in in like a designed, uh-huh. you know, uh, graphic designed logo format. Yeah, yeah. If the it was published before nineteen ninety six, then I'd be impressed. It's from the same author as Everything's Okay. Yeah, the rituals of the ancients. And anytime he goes near this book, they're just like, well, <laughs> hey, maybe don't. And he's like, oh, is that a shark in the book? I don't know. And the other clue was at one point he goes into a farm where there are babies in jars of honey. He never asks anyone about it. He never asks anyone about it. He, He walks in. There's just horrifying babies in jars. And he checks it out. And then he has someone bring him a bike, yep. <laughs> and he leaves on the bike. <laughs> yep. And he, he does, by the way, he almost immediately comes into contact, I think, with Willow. And would not your first question be, hey, I just saw a house full of jars full yeah. of babies. No nope. one explain that? Never asks. Is something up? Yeah. I'm starting to get the feeling What's something's What's going up. on here? That was absolutely insane. And that leads me into this point that I wrote down. The original movie in Wicker Man, mm-hmm. what made it... What made it easy to be somewhat on board with a protagonist who's a bit piggish mm-hmm. is he is determined. Yeah. In his his motivation is just that he wants justice done. Mm-hmm. He thinks that it's wrong this but he's also very strongly informed by his religion. He's yes. a, he's a he's a proud English Catholic, I mm-hmm. think is is where he what he is. And he's very determined. And so his determination and his confidence in himself is what leads leads to him kind of glossing over a little bit of the creepier elements of the locals. But the locals are friendly. Yes. They want him to drink with them. They want him to do all this stuff. And when that doesn't work, they start to get a little bit more cryptic. But it doesn't unload until the end when he's being marched up to the Wicker Man statue. Yeah. In this one, the the locals are not welcoming. No. They're obviously up to something. Yes. And they're pretty much just biding their time to get him to stay long enough so that he's there willingly. Yeah. You know, and it's weird because in the first one, you you do side with the guy, even though he's a little bit of a dick, because you're like, he is trying to do what's right. Yeah. And he's, I, I and get you don't know what the villagers are up to. And he's not a bad guy. He's just a fish out of water that doesn't understand these ways right. and needs to kind of unlearn what he thinks he knows about them. Of course, he probably should keep his, his stereotypes in check because they turn out to be wild. For sure. But it, it's a, 
you know, they're, they're welcoming and it makes sense. In this one, the only reason for him to stay is that he is an idiot. <laughs> yep. And the whole time it's, it's the mystery isn't, ooh, what's he going to find next? It's what are they going to show him next and him not walk the fuck away? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, it's weird. Yeah. I don't, and it's, it's very entertaining, but there's absolutely nothing to latch on to in an investing kind of way. It's like what we did. We just watched it to laugh at it, and that, that's really the only thing. That's why in some way, like, I kept thinking, like, this is oddly in some way a female empowerment story. Follow me on this, because it's not at all. But in this one but regard, is, I guess. <laughs> in this one regard, it is that it is all about how easy it is to, like, do just how dumb men are and how easy it is to dupe a man into something, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's at every turn, they are practically beating him over the head with the truth knowing that he's never going to fucking get it through his thick skull. He's not mm-hmm. going to understand it at all. They're, literally, his most repeated line in this is, I don't understand. Yeah, he says it, it a million times. To the point where I kept joking that really his line in this movie should just be, I don't understand women. I wish I understood women. Mm-hmm. Then I would know what was happening. Well, and they, and they do draw him in with like the what we would consider like the classic things. There's a sexy woman that tries to draw them in. Yeah. Uh, they try and draw them in on, they know this is your, this is your child. Yeah. You know, and there's different ways that, that are bait for a man. Yeah. yeah. But it, it's, it's also, he's an it's idiot. The ways in which women man- manipulate him in this movie. Well, the only thing that they don't have is subservience. Right. Which is what makes it so alien because that is still, you know, in some type of way expected now, which is what we're trying to still move away from. Right, yeah. You know, that that is, I, I think, the the final realm of of where equality can come from is the, ex, the expectancy of women to be subservient. Yeah. And that is something that is still working to be overcome. And that's the one thing this island doesn't have. Right. So I feel like maybe there's something being said there. That, well, that's what I'm saying, But yeah. the only thing they lure him, I mean, they do lure him in with sex appeal, with, you know, appealing to his masculinity in a, a whole bunch of different ways. But the movie doesn't say anything. It's well, it's it, it the the ways in which they manipulate him yeah. are empowering in that they are able to do that, right? That yes. they are able to use uh uh their femininity and uh uh to uh you know, enact their will on him as opposed to the other way around. That in its own way is very empowering. But they also use it to the end of pure fucking evil. So, mm-hmm. like, it's also, like, this super negative reflection and representation of women. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's, like, simultaneously doing both. And it, it yeah. does it both ways, too, where for him it's this condemnation of, like, no, you idiot. Yeah. Think with your brain and not with your fucking dick for a second. Yeah. But then it also has the, like, well, maybe if this island had some men on it, we right. wouldn't be burning people because we'd know how to grow some fucking honey. Right. And so it's... It's there's they're saying so many different contradictory things that it says there's nothing. Nothing to come out of it. It's frustrating because I really do think that somewhere in this story there could be something. I, that yeah, could be I actually that. don't hate the idea yeah. of using this framework to tell a a, a you know a, a gender role story, and especially like that, to right? update Wicker Man if yeah. they were doing it not in just a basal thriller kind of way, right? Which is why you get like a Neil Neil Labute, but of course, it definitely thought it was smarter Ooh. than it was. Yeah, uh, I don't really know his work. But uh, I, my I'm, girlfriend, who's a theater nerd, she hates his work. Yeah, I am only I, mildly familiar. I've read one play and really liked it, but that's it. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I know his name. Yep, uh, you know, and I and I some of the movies that we looked at they sounded familiar, but yeah, you 
I uh, one quick note that I I, ju- I just think is humorous is you read me a, a Nicolas Cage quote uh, before we started watching the movie, uh, yes. uh, in which somebody asked him uh, what was it if he'd like to do a sequel to any of his his characters? Have it open. Uh, beca- because I think the quote is is distinctly hilarious given the movie that we did just watch. All right, it is. In February 2012, Nicolas Cage gave a live web chat with fans to promote Ghost Rider, Spirit of Vengeance. When asked what roles from his career he would most like to revisit, Cage responded, I would like to hook up with one of the great Japanese filmmakers, like the master that made Ringu. He didn't say his name. Nope. And I would like to take the Wicker Man to Japan. Except this time he's a ghost. Yes, uh, which is hilarious that this is the one character he could think to name that he'd like to revisit. Doubly hilarious that he was promoting Ghost Rider when he gave that answer because this movie opens with Nicolas Cage as a cop on a motorcycle. He is a motorcycle cop and then eventually dies in flames and goes on to become the ghost. Like he made the sequel to this movie that he just referenced and it's called Ghost Rider. Absolutely. Uh, Or or Bad Lieutenant. Bad Lieutenant because (laughs) it's also about a cop that gets injured and gets on pills. If he survived. Well, it also could go the other way too. Perhaps. that explosion at the beginning injured him, and Bad Lieutenant is the area between when he quits doing cop work and when he gets the letter drawing him to Holy Summer Holy shit, that's amazing. So it actually could tie into both. Yeah. Because I, I don't remember, does he perish at the end of uh, Bad Lieutenant? I don't think he does. I don't think he does. It's been a while. That's yeah. one that we are definitely going to be We're going to watch too, that for this show. That is, that is I, absolutely We're both big it. fans. That, oh, yeah. Uh, and that is, yeah, that is a movie worth discussing, for sure. So, a- as this turned out to be, by the way. Oh, this is great. Uh, yeah. It is, and it, what's crazy is that it it's is terrible, a really interesting but it's so failure. entertaining. Yeah, there is, there's a smart person flailing at the center yes. of this and just not grabbing anything. Yeah, it's but there, there's an idea there. It's just a bad idea. Uh, so under Wikipedia, there's a section for most movies called accolades. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And so the accolades for this, the film garnered five Golden Raspberry Award nominations. Mm, the Razzies. Uh, it was nominated for Worst Picture, but it lost to Basic Instinct Two. Woo! It was nominated for Worst Actor for Nicolas Cage, and hey. it lost to Marlon and Sean Wayans together for uh, Little Man. Little Man. Man. <laughs> uh, it uh, was nominated for Worst Screenplay and. Uh, Basic Instinct 2 won that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It was, now this one is the most mind-blowing thing. It was nominated for Worst Remake or Ripoff, and it lost to Little Man. What is that a remake or rip? Here, you keep, you yeah, keep yeah. reading. I'm going to look oh, There's up one more. Uh, this was uh, Worst On-Screen Couple it lost, um, and the couple was Cage and his bear suit. Wow. And it lost to Sean Wayans and either Kerry Washington or Marlon Wayans in Little Man. That is ridiculous. I really got to watch Little Man, too. Apparently. <laughs> INDB doesn't even bring it up as a result when you type in Little Man. Well, I'm going to click on the Wikipedia and see what it says. Uh, I'm still having trouble finding Little Man. You know what? Here's Here would be my guess. Because it's written by, there's no adaptation from this. Oh, here I would guess that perhaps there was a short film, and maybe it was adapted from that. Maybe? Uh, bear with us, listeners, because this is too fascinating to Dan and I for us to do anything but look at this really quick. If you don't know what Little Man is, you research it. What Little Man is is a oft-forgotten Marlon and Sean Wayans post-scary movie comedy, and it works on these levels. It is about Marlon Wayans who plays a dwarf 
Now he uh, is digitally made to look like a little person, and this little person is a criminal who poses as a baby to steal a jewel. And Sean Wayans is the dad who adopts this baby that's actually a little person that's not even a little person, is a full-size person CGI'd to look little. It's insane. I gotta see it. I haven't seen it. I got nothing on this being based on anything. I've got nothing either. It it's I wonder if that by... was like some sort of like if we watched that award show that year, if there was like some joke they used to set up the idea Maybe. that it was a remake of something, you know what I mean? Maybe. So yeah, uh and just you know, scenes that involved Calvin Sims, which is the character of the uh dwarf I just played read this, by yeah. this, uh they would shoot each scene twice, once with a nine year old uh tall dwarf actor. And once with Marlon Wayans on a blue screen. The way you just phrased that, you said a nine-year-old tall dwarf actor. Well, that's literally what it says in the Wikipedia. <laughs> but because um, I, I didn't, because I, I thought it was a nine-year-old and a dwarf actor, yeah. and so it says nine-year-old, and then there's some measurements, yeah. and then it says seventy-five centimeter tall dwarf actor. <laughs> so I, I fucked it all up. But it's that's uh, so funny. Uh, you know, it's like the other thing, the low functioning. Yeah. Uh, uh. So yeah, that is a. Uh, that swept uh, over Wicker Man, so I think it owes an e- we owe it an episode. Uh, yo, I, uh, I will say that I don't think Wicker Man would have really deserved any of those uh, awards. I, I don't think it was. I don't think Nicolas Cage was so bad in this he deserved a, a worst actor. I think he did what he was hired to do. Yeah, I don't think that. Uh, I don't think that the movie itself is so bad that it deserves a, a worst picture. Do you? Well, when you're going up against something like Basic Instinct 2, which I hear is just boring, like yeah. this is a bad movie. This is a very bad movie. Yeah. But it, it is it is entertainment. Yeah. It's 100% entertainment, yeah. and it's very entertaining. Yeah. It's just fascinatingly bad. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I, I, I wouldn't say that. Worst actor, I wouldn't do that, because I think he delivered what he was supposed to deliver. Yeah, to me... There was no failure there. To me, truly, like, bad is when you just, like, you're just like, I fuck, I can't even watch this movie, mm-hmm. right? Like, this movie is... At the very least, a two-star movie, if not more, depending on how how far you want to take that entertainment value in your ra- in your rating, mm-hmm. right? It's at least two stars, though, just based on the fact that like it is entertaining. I didn't. I, I wouldn't turn it off. No, I don't see any it. two ways around it's that either. I think it is entertaining. Absolutely. Yeah. And like you said, and that and that that is is I this sounds weird, but that is not in regards to its quality. Mm-hmm. It is bad, uh, but it is entertaining. It is a. I would spend two hours with it again. Yeah. I would say that I, I think that the worst on-screen couple, uh, Cage and his bear suit, bear suit being nominated, is rather interesting. Because you'll notice they do have a very strange relationship. Uh-huh. Because Nick Cage puts on the bear suit yep. and then climbs a fucking mountain. Yeah. And then when he gets to the top of the mountain, he says, listen, I got to get out of my bear suit. Yeah. And he takes off the bear suit, but he leaves the feet he on the and walks off on. into the distance. So there's obviously some sort of... Uh, Which, by the way, some, also... Something, to go, something going on. Also become a problem. He, he, yes. he, like, he can't follow his daughter. She's yeah. like, he's losing her because he's got these big stupid says, bear feet on. Stop running, yeah. honey. And he calls her honey because yeah. it's, it's a hilarious movie. Yeah. Oh, goodness me. The, it's... You have to watch it. Oh, yeah. I'm actually a little disappointed that I hadn't seen it a couple times before we did I know. this. Just because I feel like all I knew was that meme. And like I said before, the value I found in this movie was not in the memeable stuff. No. It was in the, the construction of it. Yeah. And the fact that it's just, 
it's just ill-advised on all fronts in a way that you wonder why at no point when they were looking at the dailies or cutting it together, the no one went, hey, 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 yeah. I don't want to be a downer, but isn't this fucking garbage? Yeah. You know, nobody, nobody went there. It's- and instead they were just like, this is it. Yeah, like I f- this is this is what I think is the most troubling and fascinating and wonderful thing about it. I think someone's vision was realized, <laughs> and I think it was realized exactly the way they wanted it to be. I think they succeeded in doing everything they wanted to do. I just don't know what the fuck they wanted to yeah, do. Yeah, I have no idea. No I, I don't know what I'm supposed to get out of this as an audience member at all. Uh, I, I have no idea. I, I I will tell you there is a good chance I'm going to see this movie at least once more in my life because I would like to see that director's cut. And I want to show it to some people. I I, I want to see the B scene like in context within oh, the movie. Yeah. And I'd like to see what other weird little things probably are in that cut. I'm sure there's a you couple pictures, other things. You're all yeah. pictures. I'm sure there's a couple others. You will lose that wonderful ending where... The, to, oh, my God. Jimmy James Franco... That is so crazy to up. me. Yeah. Oh, it's nuts. All right. That is nuts. You want to tie a bow on this and do your, your crazy little list things? Yes, yes. Uh, let's end this. I, I Any final words on... I, I mean, on I that? don't have any final words other than uh, as far as the show I like to movie movie, mm-hmm. where we talk about movies we love generally, and us specifically deciding to do a movie we knew was, was going to be bad, mm. here we are finding value in that movie. Because that's what we do on Movie Movie. That's what we it's, do. I love it. It's, it's, we, lo- we went in to love this movie. Yeah. And uh, I, although I got to say, if you went in to hate it, I bet you'd still end up being like, that was fucking crazy. I, that's, I think so. It's, I think there's, there's stuff to like here. What I will close with is if I could put a review on the, on the box. Yeah. It would be, I give this movie a B. Uh-huh. Think uh-huh. about it. Think uh, about oh, it. Yeah, yeah, think no, about no. it. That's my. Uh... I didn't have to think any harder than anybody that worked on this movie. <laughs> think about it. You guys love it. It would be on there. They're like, mm, give it a B. I gotta say, it's a, it's a little bit, a uh, little bit strange at first, but at the end, it stings. <laughs> I got a good buzz watching this movie. Whoa, 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 oh man. Oh god. Hit me with your list. You got. I know. Wait. I know. The hive mind says that it's a, a bad movie. But uh, when you comb through the details, <laughs> Damn it, I was um, to do a comb one. Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, definitely a B. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, so if we're done talking about that, I was thinking about you know if we're trying to do a, uh, you know, lists and stuff. We didn't have time today to put together a list. Stressful days. We're, well, work. we're trying to uh, 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 do some segments. Bring some other segments to the show. So here's something that that is not an unfamiliar co- uh, concept amongst the movie world. We are going to do uh, keep and kill. Keep and kill. Um, I guess we can call it that unless yeah, you come up fine. with a better one. No, I like that. Keep and kill. And uh, But it's almost like a going back in time to kill because we're going to give two items and we're going to compare them. And then you get to keep one forever. And the other one no longer exists, nor has it ever existed. We yeah. wipe it from existence That's the forever. key rule here is nothing that it that it was ever involved with exists. So a couple warm-ups. Yeah. So we'll start off with the basic one. Yeah. Star Trek or Star Wars? I am keeping Star Wars. I am also keeping yeah. Star Wars. Star Wars was a big part of my childhood. Star Trek was not. I, I have learned to appreciate Trek in my adulthood, but Star Wars has got to stay. I'm with you. 100% with you. Um, also, okay, another warm-up one. Yeah. Uh, Bond or the Mission Impossible franchise? Well, okay, here's the thing. I am keeping Mission Impossible. That's a quick and easy one for me. Literally on, I've seen three Bond movies in my life, mm-hmm. maybe four, and and only one or two of them are even considered good ones. Mm-hmm. Bond has never been a thing to me. Mission Impossible which, which movies. Which came first? Was the show Mission Impossible first? 
Because I wonder which one beget the other. Ooh, man, that's a good question. I bet Ian Fleming's novels predate the you television show Mission Impossible. If you bring in the novels, absolutely. Yeah, I, I bet they predate the show. That's so I, a... I got to keep Mission Impossible just based on that's what I know and I'm familiar with and I know I like it. Here's the thing. All day I was thinking about Bond. Yeah. And I, I have a very strong love for Bond. Yeah. I really do love those movies. But there's only one bad Mission Impossible. Mm. The rest are all very good to great. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of bad Bond. Mm-hmm. I w- and I w- if I were to, if you were to put any Bond movie down in front of Mission Impossible Four, I would universally pick that. I'm going, I'm going Mission Impossible Lives. I like that answer. Uh, I, I, I will say I almost second guessed myself just based on the sheer number of Bonds. Yeah, you know, that's, that's it's a larger library to keep, uh, which may have value in its own way. Here's one that might be difficult. This one's actually easier for me. Yeah, but uh, Lord of the Rings or uh-huh. Harry Potter. Wow. I had a little bit of a tougher time with this because I've read both and I've seen all the movies. Uh-huh. But ultimately, I decided that I'll never read another Lord of the Rings mo- uh, book or watch another movie again. I really don't have any interest in ever yeah. revisiting it. I would read the Harry Potter series again in a second. I'd I, watch those movies. I'm kind of with you. Here's I the think thing. I'm keeping Potter. I know. I'm, I almost want to be with you, even though here's what I'm going to tell you. I am a Lord of the Rings fan. I like those mm. books. I read those books when I was a kid multiple times. Uh, I think my mom read them to me when Ooh. I was like a really young kid, actually. Well, that's uh, Probably sparked most of my interest in, in fantasy and sci-fi and stuff like that. Um, but uh, uh, And I like those movies quite a bit. I saw them all in theaters the day they came out, I think. Mm-hmm. Um I feel like those movies are a little long and don't hold up as well as we'd like them to at the end of the day. And as much as I am honestly not that much of a Harry Potter fan, I didn't even finish the book series because oh. I got bored with it eventually. Uh, that's that's insane. You're, I, a, you're a muggle. Uh, yeah, I, I, I got bored with it eventually. I do not find it to be overall that compelling of a fantasy story. That being said, I quite like a few of the Harry Potter movies, like mm. like rewatchable, like a Your few movies. of those movies. What's Especially- weird is the way you described Harry Potter. That's how I felt about reading Lord of the Rings. Yeah, it it was just. I, I found Harry Potter so accessible yeah. and, and enveloping. Yeah, the Lord of the Rings books I felt kept me at arm's length. Yeah. I did read them when I was younger, but. Interesting. I don't know. Yeah, that's that that they those connected with me when I was a kid. Harry Potter did not. I don't. I don't know what that was. I mean, I was I was probably aged out of Harry Potter almost almost a little soon. You know, mm-hmm. uh, so maybe that was it. I don't know. Um, but I think Quaron's movie is fucking great, uh, and I quite like uh, the fifth and sixth one. Yates's first oh, two yeah. movies, I think, are really good. I like the fifth one. That was my favorite of the books too. And I think they fucked up that book in that movie, but they made a good movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, so I think I might go Potter yes. on that. I, I yes. really do. I think I might go Potter on that. You know what? You're you're welcome. You're welcome in my house, my I friend. Ju- I just think they got good movies out of that. They got a couple of them, you know. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how rewatchable those those Lord of the Rings movies are at the end of the day. I think they're rewatchable in pieces. But yeah, I just yeah. I don't think I have the commitment to it. Yeah, I'm with you. All right, uh, this one little. I mean, it's. I would say it's a little bit harder because I, I threw in a twist, too. There's a second round. So the first round is uh, Jim Carrey and Will Ferrell. Who do you keep and who do you kill? Wow. Okay. See, this is and where... you eliminate all of I know. Stuff. That's where this really comes into play here. Is it's going to get harder. Eliminate all of their stuff. Uh, I, I think I'm keeping Jim Carrey. And I love Will Ferrell, but you know what? 
a Cable Guy is like a linchpin for me. That is a movie that is special to my soul, as is Dumb and Dumber. But Will Ferrell Step Brothers is very big to me. But we still keep John C. Riley. He exists still. I think right. I I think I have to go Will Ferrell. Okay, I do. I I because here's the thing. I I truly don't have the same Jim Carrey appreciation that I think most people my age do. Mm-hmm. I did not see The Mask or Ace Ventura as a young kid. I didn't see them until mm-hmm. I was like a little bit older and I and like t- like just old enough to be like these movies are fucking dumb. They're dumb. Like, they're yeah, dumb. Now. I saw Dumb and Dumber around that period too, and found that hilarious. And that is still like a standout comedy. It's for one me. of the best. Uh, and Liar Liar is actually my big oh, Jim Carrey yes. movie. Liar, I love great. Liar Liar. That being said, if I'm really, really thinking about it, it's tough. Well, no. Here's the thing: if I'm really, really thinking about it, those are like my Jim Carrey movies. Me, myself, and Irene. I might put on the list too. I'm I'm okay with that movie. Yeah, that's the thing. That one is even like a little bit like it's really just those two movies. If I really, really think really about no it, cable and try guy and come down to it, I, I, I only saw Cable Guy once, and I was young, and it totally went over my head. I didn't get what was funny about it. You owe it. to I yourself probably would like it now. To re- it's it's his observant report. Yeah, the movie where it's like, oh, he's not. He's not just going to talk out of his butt. I'm a little scared of. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I oh, think I would good. appreciate it now. I do want to see it now. My thing, what I'm thinking is, I can immediately think of. Uh, I could probably list like ten Will Ferrell movies right now that I'm like, oh, those are comedies I like. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I can only think of uh, a sm- a much smaller handful of Jim Carrey so movies. I, what, what it came down to me was weighing the comedies. Yeah. Because I feel like a lot of people do Will Ferrell's. They're of his team would exist without him, yeah. and it wouldn't be as strong. Yeah. I love Will Ferrell. Don't get yeah. me wrong. But I don't think I could get rid of Cable Guy or Dumb and Dumber. Um, I'll tell you which one I can't get rid of for Will Ferrell. Stranger Than Fiction is the toughest one for me, actually. I really love that movie. Oh, it is a good movie. But For me, it's Anchorman. I think Anchorman is a linchpin in comedy movies for me because I think that is... I, I one think that it is a uh, forty year old version gets a lot of credit for being like the the like hey it brought back R rated comedies yeah, yeah yeah I think Anchorman brought back R rated comedies so too. and it ushered in a new era of comedy the well, absurdism at the, the heart of that of, uh, Pineapple Express mm-hmm. and Step Brothers and all the, that shit yeah. the absurdism of Anchorman I had never quite seen to that level in any comedy movie mm. before it it has now become a staple of comedy movies that level of absurdism. Had never seen it at that level before. For me, I mean, so you're going Will Ferrell. I think so. Yeah, I'm going to make it harder. I'm going Jim Carrey. Now put him against Farley. W- which one? Uh, Will Ferrell against Farley. Yeah, you're you're winner. Right. Uh, and you know what? I'm picking Farley over Jim Carrey. Mm. Even though Farley is is dead, mm. uh, I I'm going Farley because I think the hardest I ever laughed as a kid was when I got the best of Chris Farley tape. I I wore that thing out. And cried and howled and just, just loved if, the fucking shit. Out if of I'm it. being honest, I keep Will Ferrell. Okay. Um, uh, more on just, f- I guess, like familiarity with his work and stuff. You know, Fair like enough. I've seen a lot more stuff of his than I have of of Farley's. But on significance, I don't want to lose Farley. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That's that 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 is a very hefty thing for yeah, me too. I, I mean, I, and and I don't even mean significance in comedy or significance uh, in movies. Like almost as a human, just mm-hmm. all the stories I've heard about him and stuff. Like I don't know. I think yeah, I don't know. He would be really tough for me to to me to 
for the world to lose, I think. I, I guess Will Ferrell would too on on similar regards, maybe. It would my my only see the thing is I already eliminated Will Ferrell. Yeah. The reason why why Farley edges out Jim Carrey is is precisely because of what you just said. Yeah. I mean, when it comes to the humor I like, I knew what humor I liked before Will Ferrell came into the picture. Yeah. But Farley formed that. For yeah, me. yeah, He's yeah. He's very, very, very instrumental in that. Extremely so. Yeah. And Will Ferrell just knows what I love and does it better than anyone. My only thing to to try and convince you on the side of Farley would just be like, Anchorman would probably still exist. It wouldn't be the same movie, but that team was getting together. Yeah, you know. Here's the thing, though. If uh, here, this is not going to convince anyone else, but this convinces I. Wo- I wore out Night at the Roxbury multiple <laughs> copies. I think I got to keep Will Ferrell. Like that movie actually means something to me, and it is the dumbest fucking movie. But boy, do I like it. All right, we're going to get into harder levels here. Yeah. This is another uh, third one. Um, so we will start with uh, Halloween and Nightmare on Elm Street. I'm, uh, I, I can answer this quickly and easily, but that might only be because I've lived with Halloween for much longer than I lived with Nightmare on Elm Street. I just saw Nightmare on Elm Street for the first time this year. Mm. Halloween was an early horror movie for me. That was, was something I did see when I was younger and have watched frequently throughout my life. I am keeping Halloween and losing Nightmare, no question. I'm with you, absolutely. And what's what's crazy about it is I, I think that as a franchise, I enjoy overall the Elm Streets better because the sequels are at least interesting, whereas the Halloween sequels, short of three, which I love, yeah. Some of them are pretty shitty. Yeah, but Halloween is so good at Trump's all. Yeah, and that I, it's it's the best. And, and uh, I mean, uh, this is a weird argument to make, but I and I don't even know if it's worth making in this particular exercise. But I'm gonna make it anyway, just for the sake of it. I don't know that we ever get to Nightmare on Elm Street without Halloween, so mm-hmm. I feel like we got to keep Halloween. It's so influential on what the slasher genre is and all of the different iterations it goes through. That I, I think you need it. You got to keep Absolutely. it. Absolutely. So then this brings up the second part. So we agree on Halloween. Now we're putting it up against Friday the 13th. I'm still going Halloween. But but that's a tougher one for similarly, me. Similarly, though, right? Yeah. Like uh, Friday the 13th. Oh, you don't I have saw... Friday the 13th without Halloween. Right. You simply do not. Right. And uh, uh, similarly, I only saw Friday the 13th like last year for the first time. Uh, it's see. also Friday the 13th right now where we're recording. Hey, oh. Oh, uh, yeah, it is. Yeah. Look at that. Um, yeah. I only saw that last year for the first time. And I loved it, actually. I really, really liked it. Mm. But uh, it's the only Friday movie I've seen. You know what I mean? It's like there's all these. Well, I've seen Friday and, and next Friday. Uh, uh, see Friday after next? Uh, I have not. I did. I did uh, but uh, boy, wouldn't it be great if all those things turned out to be part of one big series. Guys, make that movie. Why wouldn't they? Uh, yeah, bring it in. <laughs> This is a tougher one for me just because Jason has been a part of my life for longer than Michael mm-hmm. Myers. I remember being a little kid of six in 1990, and I saw a trailer for Jason Goes to Hell. Yeah. And it it really fucking, like, horrified me as a kid. <laughs> and it was just, you're a kid. Yeah. It's just scary it's commercial imagery. Commercial on TV. I didn't see Halloween until I was probably, like, 12 or 13. Yeah. And so it really fucked with me, and I think that it's overall a just a better movie. And yeah. It could be argued that without it, we don't have Friday the 13th. But I think I'm going to keep Friday the 13th. Look, I buy your argument, it's though. It's weird. It, well, it's got a significance for you for in, in your formative sort of like, you know. I love uh, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know what? I think Halloween is, is objectively a better movie. Yeah. I think it's a scarier movie. Yeah. But Friday the 13th, to me, are just imaginative in a way that is wholly unique to them. Yeah. And really jibes with my sensibilities. I was going to say, they hit, of just... 
entertainment. They probably hit a tone for you that is that is maybe a little better for you. You know yeah, what I yeah. mean? Uh, like actually, that was the thing that I ended up loving about Friday the Thirteenth most is the tone that it hit. I didn't actually think it was like a great movie. I think that Halloween is a much better movie. It's it's leaps and bounds yeah. better than any one of them. Um, but Friday the 13th is a fun movie that has a lot of cool shit in it. And, oh, yeah. and I don't know if anybody's been able to pick this up over the course of the show, but as much as I love to like tear movies apart and, and get really in deep with like themes in movies... Nothing does it for me more than something that's just fucking cool. <laughs> you know it's what I mean? Good. Yeah. And that's the thing. I mean, there's themes to study from the just the idea of horror. I mean, oh, we're oh, talking 100%. about Final Girls the other 100%. day. It gets into a lot of that stuff. Yeah. But, uh, okay, so let's jump it up. You're you're a Halloween guy. This yeah, is that, a, that was This is a me. difficult one. But one person's body of work will be gone forever, and the other one gets to continue. Okay, yeah, I was nervous about this. John Carpenter or Quentin Tarantino? Holy shit, Yeah, dude. that's Fuck A-level you. shit. Fuck you. Right? Okay, so all of their work disappears. All of it disappears. Fuck. You um, can lose Halloween, but you can also lose Pulp Fiction and Glorious Bastards. I know. Here's you lose uh, Precinct 13. Mm, you can also. I know, you motherfucker. Okay, okay, hold on. I got to think about what am I really concerned about losing. I'm really concerned about losing Kill Bill and Inglorious Bastards. But the Thing. I'm really concerned about losing The Thing, Halloween... Is there any other John Carpenter I'm really concerned about losing? Dude, Precinct 13. I lo- I, Starman. I, I love... I've never seen Starman. Oh, dude. I love Assault on Precinct 13. I I, li- I mean, I like a lot of his movies, but I'm trying to... But I'm, I'm really trying to... Th- I'm trying to zero in on, like, wh- what can I not lose out of things that I love and that I watch? For- what I feel like I'm missing a Carpenter that I'm not thinking of. Oh, dude. Escape from New York. Yeah. Big Trouble in Little China. Yeah. This one was a tough one for me, but I, I and I'm thinking about it now because I, I really think Inglorious Bastards might be perfect. I know, but I, I think know. I have to kill Tarantino. I, that's how I feel. And here's my here's my my justification. Tarantino is good at recreating what John Carpenter did and making it his own thing. Yeah. But John Carpenter did what John Carpenter did. Yeah. I got. I'm going with him. They live. Oh, I know. There's I, so many things. There's in. something. I up- think that. Objectively, Tarantino is the better filmmaker. I think so too. But I think, and I think, technically speaking, he's a better filmmaker. Yeah. But John Carpenter is just more interesting to me. Yes, it's I, I wholeheartedly agree with you. That uh, was why I was struggling there because I was like, I was trying to think of a reason not to say John Carpenter because I know that Tarantino is a better filmmaker than John Carpenter. But every ounce of my being is like, it. Uh, you're keeping John Carpenter. What are you even? Yeah. What are you even thinking about Dude, this? The thing. It's it's the thing. It's Ugh. it's the whole sensibility of what he does. Even his bad movies are like interesting and and I don't know. He I don't he, think John Carpenter ever once had a budget like Tarantino. Yeah, I you know? he yeah I I don't know. There's uh, that man speaks to me in a way that 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 uh, we've talked about him on our show more than any other filmmaker. Yeah, I would agree. We, yeah. We've done more John Carpenter movies than anyone else so far. We've he, done. Have we done a Tarantino? I don't think so yet. Yeah. We will. We know we're going to. I well, think that's like, probably why, because we know we're going to. Well, and on top of that, like, what are we really going to say that hasn't been said? Uh, yeah, yeah. And I think 100%. John Carpenter, you can actually still chew apart. And that's not a slight to Tarantino. I mean, no. he is the best. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, he's got to go. <sighs> he All does. Right, so he we does. Agree. Uh, so this one's probably going to be easier for you, but it's a it's a link off of that. And uh, I am. Uh, this one's harder for me, but the thing or the fly. That one I know my answer right away. I'm yeah. keeping the thing. The thing is, I think still sits atop my uh my, it's on your my letterbox chart. homepage. 
It's on my Letterboxd homepage, and I think it sits atop my flick chart as my number one movie. This one's tough for me, because I think I hold them both in the same high regard. I feel like I've... I feel like I've seen The Fly more, mm-hmm. and I know it better. Mm-hmm. But when we did the thing and we watched it and and did the episode on it, like, and I've always loved it. I think there's probably more to chew on with the thing. Hey, buddy, don't count your chickens before they hatch. We haven't done The Fly on this show yet. We were going to a couple weeks ago, and we didn't. We're yeah, going to yeah, one yeah. day, and who knows? We might unpack that, baby. Well, I'll put it this way. Right now where I sit. Yeah. I would forego that episode if it meant I had to. I could keep the thing. Uh huh. But yes. we should definitely do that episode. Yes. All right. I know the thing is so good, man. It is so so good. Let's do. Let's do. We're gonna because I have a bunch. We're gonna rock block the next one. Do it because I'm sure we're running out of time. Yeah. But the 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 big one I'm gonna save for the end, which is tough. All right. But okay. So this one, uh, Kate Blanchett and Meryl Streep. Uh. I'm keeping uh, Kate. I, uh, okay, I was gonna say for the worst reason I'm keeping Kate. I she I I love she's Kate my wife. Blanchett. I Why love, would I kill my wife? I love Kate Blanchett. I she's a beautiful woman. She's a I've seen she's more a of her movies beautiful than woman. I've seen of Meryl Streep. That's actually probably true of me too. And I, Meryl Streep is absolutely phenomenal. Oh, she's awesome. Uh, but I, she's also done a lot of shit. Yeah, I don't think I've seen a. a Kate Blanchett, Kate Blanchett is movie fascinating to me. She's yeah. awesome. Yeah, I would never want to lose that scene from Coffee and Cigarettes oh, where it's her talking. Hundred percent agree. Hundred percent. Not agree. once. Okay. Uh, you can keep crane shots or you can keep drone shots. Whoa, you are crazy. I'm keeping crane. I'm keeping crane too. Yeah. Okay. Uh, there, there's a majesty to it. This one we talked about a little bit on the train. Disney original animation or Pixar? Okay, I had time to think about this and wiping it from history. I know. I Not know. that they they, you know, I okay, I have to keep Pixar and it's only on the quality of of, 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 of storytelling that just works for me as a fucking modern human more basically. If this was one where we could keep their backlog but yeah. they could stop making movies, it would be I would pick Pixar. Yeah. I mean that's essentially where we are. Yeah. But if we're wiping it all from existence, I'm I'm keeping Disney. I know Aladdin, it's I Lion know it's King. so hard to lose all that stuff, but it's, oh. but at the same time I just I yeah. The, All right. The quality of storytelling, I feel like, is uh, uh, just better. Uh, this one's funny because actually we can't play this one. I wrote it down, but I was going to hit you with uh, Goodfellas versus Casino. I don't. I've never seen either movie. That one's actually tough, but I keep Goodfellas. They're on my shameless. And then Goodfellas versus Godfather. I've still not and, seen uh, those movies. Once so again, all Goodfellas wins. <laughs> Goodfellas wins. Um, okay, here's a, here's an interesting one. Uh, John Wick Who? or the Transporter. Oh. I am keeping. Now it's not you're not getting rid of Jason Statham. You're just getting rid of right. the transporter. Right. And John Wick. Right. Not and not the movie, just the character of the right. transporter. The character of John Wick is what I mean. Right. I'm keeping John Wick. I am too. And that, that's a tough one because right? I feel like but I feel like another Jason Statham franchise was bound to happen. Yeah. John Wick. Okay, cool. Yeah. We're on the yeah. same page. Yeah. Um, and I, lo- I love the trans, the, especially that first transporter movie. Oh, it's, it's great, it's great. But I mean, John Wick's actually, I think, a legit good movie. I know in its, it's own and way. it's unique in a way that yeah. I don't think the transporter quite achieves. Yeah. Yep. All right, this one, uh, you get to keep one, lose the other. The Wet Hot American Summer Netflix reboot or the Arrested Development Netflix reboot. Keeping uh, Arrested Development. 
I I really I I know I'm I'm a little bit in the minority on this, but I really liked that season. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know I'm in the majority on this. I just love Arrested Development. I straight up love it. I think it's legit funny. I've always been in the camp of haha that Wet Hot American Summer is a little bit overrated. I do think it's really funny. I never understood how it became this like it's the end all be all comedy that everybody loves. Yeah, I yeah, need yeah. such a. I don't get that at all. Uh, I do like it, and I think it's very funny, but I don't understand like that mentality around it. Uh, and I did this like the tough. Netflix series, but I loved the the Arrested Development series, so I'm keeping Arrested Development. This this was tough for me because I I think they did a really interesting and awesome thing with Arrested Development yes. seasons four because we get to keep seasons one through three, right? Yeah, um, it's just four that would go. Yeah, and I think that it is objectively better than Wet Hot. Mm-hmm. But I think I'd almost universally always want to watch Wet Hot right. over Arrested Development simply because it's less... And it also, the way it's formatted, doesn't quite exist without it. I, I, but given that the Wet Hot movie, which is perfect and superior to the show, yes. would still exist, I very reluctantly but somewhat confidently will keep Arrested Development season four. I'll give you even more clear explanations. One is I do think season four ends up being more rewatchable for me because mm. I have the kind of mind that likes the idea that like, oh, that's actually something that I could rewatch over and over again. It's got so There's much more to pick apart. So yeah. much to unpack the way it's just designed and set up. Uh, but I also would, the thing I couldn't lose is the punch that it ends on. Kind yeah, of, that's kind true. of spoiler. It is, but, no, it is a braver, more interesting show. Wet Hot is definitely just, Look how tightly we can make jokes around this core product, you know? They actually make a huge statement about their characters and their show at mm. the end of season four of Rest of Development with that punch. You're making me feel good about my decision. Yeah, uh, that I that I think is interesting and worth keeping. All right. Um, now, this one, this one I, I don't really know how to word it, so I don't know whether we, we, we keep or lose the movies, but it's just the character. Okay. You get to pick one character, one can stay, one can go. Okay. Han Solo and Indiana Jones. Whoa. Yeah. So, so. You still have Star Wars. It just wouldn't be the Han Solo as we know it. Right. But you might still have an Indiana Jones, but it wouldn't be the one as we know it. Yeah. Yeah. It's just these two Harrison Ford roles. <sighs> Which one? I guess the way to say this one, we can't even do it. There's no logistical way to say kill or die, but right, which right, one? Right. Is the one that you need to be part of you more. Right. And I this one actually was kind of easier for me. See, I feel I'm going Indiana Jones. I feel like this one's easy for me. I'm gonna say Star Wars because Star Wars was always way more a part of my life than Indiana mm. Jones was. Uh however, uh I, you know, I'm picking Star Wars. I'm gonna say that. I'm picking Star Wars. But on a quality scale, I think that Star Wars is still somewhat achievable. Without him in the Han Solo role, mm-hmm. Indiana Jones unachievable. Without him as Indiana Jones, mm-hmm. yeah, Tom Selleck wouldn't have worked. Yeah, wouldn't have worked. I, I, I don't think. I think those movies fall apart without him as Indiana Jones. I think that uh, he is more of a rock to Star Wars than anyone would ever even give him credit for because there's so much going on in those movies and so mm-hmm. many things you want to talk about and credited to. Uh, but even with that, I still think he's somewhat replaceable and you could still have a, a movie that hangs together and, and still works. I agree. But I'm going Indiana Jones for that same reason. Well, I'm going Star too, Wars. It's just I love I saw Star, Star Wars. Wars when I, the first time I saw the Star Wars movies, I was probably about eight or nine. Yeah. First time I saw Temple of Doom, I, I was probably like six or seven. 
and so they've just been with me longer. I'm opposite. Indiana I'm, I'm Jones total reverse of that, me. and that's why. And when I that's did why Star, I'm Wars, Star Wars, I liked Luke. Yeah, I liked you so, know yeah. no, Vader was, and all that Han stuff. Solo kid. And as an adult, I really appreciate Han Solo yeah. much more than any other character in that entire franchise. And I love him, but I mean, sorry, there's only one room in my heart, and Indy lives there. I always liked a scoundrel. All right, are you ready for the big one? This is the big one. Let's do no, it. Funny. I don't know if this is going to be a big one for you. I still don't know the answer, so we're going to have to talk it all out. Right. Kurt Russell uh-huh. or Nicolas Cage? Who? Uh, is that as difficult for you as it is for me? Actually, yeah. You know why? Because like I'm, I'm th- okay. Because we're talking about losing them, right? Which lose means we everything. lose their work. We lose all of their work. So like I'm thinking about Captain Ron. <laughs> overboard. I'm thinking about the computer like, wears tennis <laughs> shoes. We that means I lose like adaptation. That means no, I, I lose no face off. A face off. <laughs> uh, 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 wait, there's there's actually vampires kiss. No, there's a couple other legit cage ones I think too that I, uh, are not coming to mind right now. Con Air. Oh, uh, raising uh, Arizona, leaving Las Vegas, raising leaving Arizona, Vegas. Uh, honeymoon in Vegas. Yeah, the, you know, there's there's quite a few legit cage ones that you lose. Adaptation being the one that would be really tough for me. That to would lose. hurt. Matchstick Men. Yeah, people forget that was Ridley Scott too. That yeah, me the other day. and and that movie is quite good. That was really good. Uh, but uh, Kurt Russell, I mean, The Thing. The I thing. lose The Thing. Big Trouble. Big Trouble. Escape from L.A. Escape from L.A. Bone uh, Tomahawk. Bone Tomahawk. That well. Death proof. Done. Death proof. Oh man. Every Furious Seven. Yeah. It's gotta go. Yeah. Um Furious Seven. Oh, there was there was a couple other uh, big ones for me. There's Death Proof, Curious uh, Curious Seven. Ha. <laughs> Furious Seven. Um uh, 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 I, I really love Breakdown. I really I love executive breakdown. decision. I, do, I, I I need to see breakdown. A lot of good Tango and Cash. Tango and That's Cash. a bad movie, it, and I yep. love the shit out of it. Uh man. Right? I think I would keep Kurt Russell. We lose the entire everything. The whole Nick Cage. I know. That's gone. There isn't one of those for Kurt Russell. I know. But if I keep Nick Cage, I lose the thing. I I lose Kurt Russell, really, yeah. is what it comes down to. I think I keep Kurt Russell. I keep Kurt Russell. Even, I keep Kurt Russell. Even though, arguably, Nicolas Cage is more important to the world. <laughs> I'd say that Nicolas Cage certainly brings humanity together in a bigger way yeah. because we all we all love him for a wide variety of reasons, which means that the most people love him for the most common reasons. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like there's yeah. there's no disagreements about Nicolas Cage. Oh, no. And even the people who are like, oh, he's a terrible actor, still like to watch him act terribly. I mean, I, I he's probably better for humanity, but I think Kurt Russell is someone that I could not live without. You want to know what the best evidence for this would be? We already did a Nicolas Cage movie, Movie Live, and it is still to this day, I think, our best attended show. Yeah. If we did a Kurt Russell one, it would be on our, our list of low attended shows. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. But you know what, though? If we also did, you know, a John Carpenter one, which he is loosely synonymous with, yeah. we might get a little kick. We might get a little kick. I just. I couldn't. I, I just couldn't lose his work. I don't know. Well, he I, much like Cage also doesn't ever phone it in. I've right. never seen a Kurt Russell performance where I was like, "Man, he is not trying." Oh, oh he totally. earns his dollars. Yeah. I don't know if he's as dynamic to watch, right, as a Nicolas Cage, but I think his range is bigger, uh, and I think the thing is a great exploration of that too. Yes. I'm going Kurt Russell. He I think stays. I'm keeping he Kurt stays. Russell because to me. I'm thinking more about the work I would lose, right? Yeah. And adaptation would be a, a sore, sore, sore fucking loss that, for me. You don't lose Charlie Kaufman. No. So you might get 
an adaptation. Right. That's not necessarily called adaptation, but it's that it might tickle that same thing. Right. Mm. Uh, but that's the only one I think I would I would sorely lose out of Nicolas Cage. I think Face Off would hurt me a little bit. N- all those things would, but more because of the larger cultural Nicholas Cage. We might have gotten thing. one of those other face offs of Van Damme Schwarzenegger. Oh, 100%. Which is, uh, 100%. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I, I also just mean like that, though, all of those other ones play more into the culture of Nick Cage, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That I'm not as concerned about losing, even though that's so entertaining and cool. I'm more concerned about work that would be lost. Adaptation is the only thing I think of that I would be like really mad to lose. Yeah. Whereas with Russell, there's more things that would be. Yeah. There's more (laughs) things I would I would have a problem with losing. Yeah, I agree, hundred percent. So I think that's yeah. I think I'm going Russell. I think I really just enjoy Kurt Russell on screen. Yeah. Whereas Nick Cage, sometimes I'm battling him on screen. Yeah, it's important. But uh, we like that's what I love about him. But yeah, we've both agreed we really like him and think he puts in good work. But it is unique to him and exactly how he does that work. Whereas Kurt, Kurt Russell, Russell is classically a just great fucking he's the best. Hollywood star. Well, he's what's weird is they do kind of exist in the same space. Yeah, Nick Cage is a leading man, but he's not. He's not like a hunk. Yeah, you know he and so he's. He's this guy that can head a movie, but mm-hmm. it, it he's not going to be... He's not like a McConaughey where he's got all the pieces. Right. He's just got a lot of the pieces and a lot of hard work. Yeah. Kurt Russell is the same kind of thing. He's an action hero, but he is by no means uh, you know, a, a jock. Right. You know, he's he's handsome, but he's not he's not, you know, some he's a normal looking guy. He's very rugged. He's he's just a rugged yeah. regular guy. His appeal comes from he's like a Bruce Willis yeah. like that. And so they both exist in these almost leading man status where it's like if they suddenly got an Oscar, which Nick Cage has one, it'd be like, oh, yeah, he's, he is that good. Yeah. But you never think of it as like, ooh, when's, when, when's Kurt Russell going to do a hard-hitting cancer drama? You know? yeah. It's like, no, he's going to do a zombie cowboy movie, you yeah. know? And, it's yeah. gonna, and he's going to transcend it. Yeah. It's, uh, and that's, that is not Bone Tomahawk. That is the wrong description that I used <laughs> yeah, to describe yeah. what's happening, but it was inspired by Bone Tomahawk. Yeah, yeah. I, I liked that you switched it up a little bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They, but I think they both exist in that same, you know, not B list, not A list. They're like A minus list, B plus list, yeah. which is a really good place to be because there's prestige there. Yes, but you're not locked to it. Yeah, and but for that exact reason, that's why we have the thing. That's why we have oh, Jack Burton. Jack Burton. We got we got to stick with Russell. It's, yeah, it's got to be. It's got to be Russell. Hundred percent Russell. All right, recommendations. Anything you anything you saw recently? I'm I, I think I'm gonna throw right to uh, uh, probably the final girls. I think I think the final girls is gonna be the thing I'm gonna recommend. If you if you have not already uh, recommended it previously, uh, which you may have, I don't remember. Uh, maybe I don't know. Uh, my diary now. That's okay. I'm I'm sort of flipping to mine too to see if there's anything else I need to bring up. Uh, but yeah, I uh, the Final Girls is uh, a 2015 movie. Uh, I think it's an independent film. Uh, Thomas Middleditch is in it. Uh, Adam Devine. Um, uh, 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 Malin Ackerman. Uh, what was the girl's name? Uh, uh, I, it's it's it's, it's Vera Farmiga's sister. Yeah, something and, Farmiga. Um, I I don't know what it is, but. Uh, and she was very good. Uh, it's it, it is a it's basically a Friday the Thirteenth riff. Uh, I would say it, it, it's a horror comedy in in sort of uh, the loosest of terms. Actually, mm-hmm. uh, I would say it, uh, it's not that scary. So don't be worried about that if you're a person that is not into scary movies. Uh, but if you're a person that 
is into scary movies, don't be put off by the fact that I said it's not that scary because it lives within the horror genre very well and uses uh, slasher tropes uh, to tell a funny but very emotional story. Uh, This uh, got added to a now-growing list of movies that made me cry in 2015. Uh, and I think there's a good chance it's going to make you cry, too. When I say you, I mean you, listener. Uh, it mm. is... The, I, I really like this movie. It's uh, uh, it's very silly. Uh, it's a little bit knowingly cheesy. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is very charming uh, and has a lot of heart uh, and, and ends up being a pretty weighty drama to some extent, too, Absolutely. that really works and has some really inventive visual stuff that is super uh, cool to see, uh, especially for the, the, the cheap budget it was made on. If Scream is the movie that's like, isn't it kind of ridiculous how people behave in slashers? Yeah. And Cabin in the Woods is the... That ridiculous stuff is why we love horror movies, right. you know? I think the 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 final girls lives in that same area where the actual Friday the Thirteenth lives. Yes, it's not as ridiculous as a as a Freddy, right? But it's not as classy at all as a uh, Halloween, right? And so I, I think it exists. If those if those are Cabin in the Woods and Scream, then it exists in between them. Uh, and it's, I, it's cool. I think in my review, I, I said that it's sort of a, a a reversal of the the Scream formula, where Scream is is very much focused on the horror and has mm-hmm. like these comedic elements to it. That it's and, and it's a commentary on on a specific kind of horror. This is a a comedy that is uh, uh, loosely focused on the horror elements mm-hmm. and is a a uh, you know a commentary on the on the genre. Well, I'm with you. I second that recommendation. I, I really, that I really liked I that movie. It. Like, really liked it. I've got uh, this is one you're gonna have to go to the theater to see, but it comes out this weekend. I think it's wide release this weekend. But you should check out Spotlight. Oh, I really want to see this. Spotlight is good. It is the Boston Globe Spotlight edition. They're the Spotlight <laughs> team. They uh, they do investigative journalism. Yeah, and it's just a story of a new editor comes to the Boston Globe. It's Liev Schreiber who's awesome in it. Mm-hmm. And Boston is a town where politics and church run very closely. And the Boston Globe gets a Jewish editor. And the Jewish editor suddenly decides that he wants to follow a lead that he has on, you know, systematic rape in the uh, Catholic Church. Right. Says, hey, let's do a story about it. I bet it can be really, really good. We have some evidence here. And they decide to uncover it and post this story. And the story eventually did win a Pulitzer and informed the lens through which we look at the clergy to this day. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think the, the drape of pedophilia has left the word priest since this moment you know it, it it's kind of always there indelibly mm-hmm. and you know if this if this is all to be believed which well, i mean it is it's all been proved it's, yeah it, it's an earned shame it's an earned scarlet letter and this is the article that did it and spotlight is the movie about the reporters that just did the work yep. and that's what's so cool about it is that it really is it's a workplace movie right they're they're just at work doing what they do it's just that what they're doing is much bigger than their normal day to day. Yeah. And it's good. It's uh this is I've all of Ruffalo the actors were he's great. But honestly, you know, the Brian Darcy James is the guy who stole Who's it for me. I, I actually was not familiar with him. He was a familiar face. He does a quieter, more subdued, less charactery performance. Mm-hmm. He's awesome. This is the one that could get Keaton his best supporting nod. Nice. Um to make up for being robbed for Birdman, uh in in my humble opinion. And uh who won over him? Uh uh, uh, what's his name? Theory of Everything. 
Oh, uh, Eddie, Eddie Redmayne. Redmayne. And honestly, that's not that's an inferior movie to Birdman, but it's a fucking great performance. Yeah. I mean, he didn't not deserve it. Right. I just really think Keaton did something terribly unique as yeah. opposed to yeah. just a difficult biopic, which by all means it was a difficult biopic mm-hmm. to do. He looked like he got MS. But uh, <laughs> it, he really did. It was it was really phenomenal. But Keaton did something, I think, more personal. Uh, which is also the downfall of it. But in this one, it's just him acting and being good at it. Yeah. There's nothing about it except he just looks the part, plays the part, and is solid. And every character that is being submitted for an Academy Award, or every actor, is being submitted under Best Supporting. So there are no leads. It's oh, right, an ensemble right, right, right. cast. Yeah. And it it's great because it's such a workplace drama and there are no you know leads stomping on everyone else. There, there's no room for that, and it makes it seem very, very real and just, you know, bologna sandwich just it's it's like it's a it's a brown bag lunch yeah. it's a blue collar movie it's just work and it is positively electrifying i loved it that's great loved it and it's in theaters and even though it's not bombastic or stylish in any way a big screen presentation i think will be an enhancement it's just good I it's the it. kind of movie that i imagine you'd be checking your phone if you're watching at home because you'd think that you're there, there's just dialogue happening that you don't necessarily need but if you're trapped with it, it is absolutely just fireball dialogue with none of the Sorkin or Mehmet stuff about it. It yeah. is very real. Yeah. But it still carries with it that seething punch without being heightened. It's awesome. Sounds great. It's awesome. Into it. Yeah. Uh, let's plug our live show. Because uh, yes. I don't think we did oh, it at yeah. the top. December not. 16th. Philomoka. Uh, uh, 12th and Street Garden in Philadelphia. We are doing a Star Wars edition of Movie Movie Live. Uh, I don't have we announced the lineup on this show yet. We may have. I don't know, but I mean, go for it. Uh, we've got. Uh, that's the problem. My mind went totally okay, don't blank worry, I when got I said it. that. We've got the uh, the guy who actually designed our logo. Steve one of Richards. my good friends and one of the biggest Star Wars nerds I know. Uh, he has a dog, a corgi named Han Solo. So yes. shout out to Han. Um, which who may be coming to the show? I have to c- confirm with the uh, with the uh, venue whether that's Ooh. okay. Um, but he might he might be there. But Steve Richards is going to be there, be and uh, it's going to be great. We have Amanda Frederick. She was on the show before. I couldn't for, remember her uh, last Shoestring, name, and yes. that was why I didn't jump in on this. Shoestring so I was like, Gold. I, I had a because her Facebook name's different. Yep. That's, uh, that's what it is, and I won't say what that is because I know uh, you know we we performers lead double lives yeah. but Amanda Frederick of Shoestring Gold uh Films who was here before they did the dead giveaway yes. and um we also have a man who we've been dying to get on our live shows nerd extraordinaire plus two comedy the mastermind behind it all Noah Hulahan yes sir so you should come out it's going to be awesome it's going to be great uh so December 16th Philomoka come see us to a Star mm-hmm. Wars uh and hey who knows maybe we'll get a Star Wars movie movie up before then, I think we should. Mm, I plan to do. watch all six in actual chronological Woo! to story order, Woo! not in release order, just to see if. Yeah, I don't know if I've ever done them in that order. I've never done it, and I think that if I can do it and time it right, so that I tail end it with Force Awakens, perhaps. Fuck you, man! I have so many 2015 story. movies to catch up on. And but how often do you get uh, to do this? And you know what? When Force Awakeners comes out. <laughs> it's gonna be seven movies to catch up on. Now is the optimal time uh, to do it. 
You don't necessarily have to watch all of them, but I'll say that when I get to the original trilogy, we should definitely. Uh, I, I think we should review Star Wars. We should definitely show. get some Star Wars in, in, in advance of the live show and, and Force Awakens coming. I agree, hundred percent. Uh, I'm into that. Uh, all right, so yeah, look forward to that. Uh, we make it another episode squeezed in uh, between then, and we probably will. In fact, we will. It'll we'll, be Star Wars one to two. In fact. Uh, so anyway, uh, find me on Twitter at Philadelphia. That's with an F. Find the show on Twitter at I Like Two Movie. That's the number two. I Like Two Movie. Uh, you can find us on Facebook.com slash I Like Two Movie, the number two. Uh, you know, uh, uh, I Like Two Movie.Libsyn. That's where the show actually lives. We hardly ever say that. Uh, you can find us on iTunes. Please subscribe and uh, uh, rate the podcast. I think we currently have, I checked it the other day, five five-star ratings. Oh. Uh, so that's great. Thanks, everybody, uh, all five of you, uh, probably four of you, because I think one of them is Dan. Uh, and uh, One of them is Steve. Uh, hey, so thanks, three of you. Uh, give us a rating. Uh, we'd love it. Uh, mostly because it'll help us, you know, pop up on the uh, uh, whatever the the hot new trending uh, podcast thing. What's that called? What's new? I guess what's hot? Whatever it's called on the podcast app. Sorry, uh, I was not paying attention. No, that's fine. I was mumbling. Uh, say shout out to Jose Hilmendez who just liked our latest episode. Jose, and, thank hey you. Vargas Solar, what up, Vargas? How you doing, buddy? Hatara Megumi. I'm sorry if I mispronounced that. Thanks for liking the new episode. Hattati is a good name. I like that. Isn't it great? Yeah. Ki- Kiana Nicole, what's up? Yeah. This one's in, in I'm assuming, Japanese. Uh, oh, we get a lot. Hey, we do get a lot of likes uh, from listeners that uh, uh, their their name is is in an entirely different language that I cannot read. And I want to uh, tell you thank you to all of you. Every single one of you. Uh, Ooh, here's a great name. Nagasu Busara. Nagasu. You liked the latest episode. Nagasu, thank you. Thank you. Orlando Campos. Makoto Kamada. Matteo Teruti. I'm loving it. These are all wrong. And of course, to David Smith hey. and Mary Stockman Smith. They love the, the show. Clan. They love the show. I'm pretty sure my dad actually listens to this. Oh, excellent. I think that's. Hey, Mr. Smith, thanks. I think that's a thing. Uh, he'll forget to even tell me that he heard you say that, though. And since I literally listed everyone's name on here, uh, we'll just hit you with the last three. Seth Slays, Ryan Carey. What up? What up, buddy? I'm sorry I cut the transporter. That cuts all the times we saw the transporter movies together. <laughs> and Evo, former guest. Oh, thanks Evo, us. yeah. Uh, all right. So uh, thanks for listening. And, and please, uh, you know, uh, let us know you're listening. Find us on uh, one of those social media pages. Oh, oh, Dan, hit us with some plugs. Oh, you can find me at uh, letterboxd.com slash Philadelphia. Everything I do. Do it for me. Everything I do uh, is under Dan Scully, be it Twitter, be it Facebook, be it anything. And also log on to Cinadelphia.com. A lot of movie reviews are pumping out. A couple of them dropped today, so check those out. And uh, actually, I'm really excited because my next big review that I'm going to put a lot of time into is Creed. (laughs) I cannot fucking wait. I got Creed. Apparently, uh, Johnny Brenda's is heavily featured in that movie. Awesome. Yeah, local Philly hotspot. Uh, which is pretty cool. Uh, all right, I think that does it for us on I Like to Movie Movie. Uh, we'll be back in a week or two with another review, maybe of Star Wars, maybe of something in between. We'll find out. Uh, my name is Garrett Smith, and I like to movie movie. My name is Dan Scully, and I like to movie movie. Long live Kurt Russell. And we all know that you like to movie movie mm-hmm. because we, we like, like to movie. movie.